you're telling me you didn't want an ear cuff in 2012? Get out of here. I'm sorry, but you were a loser. (laughs) Hello, hello, hello. Happy June. Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. Happy June. We are hitting it off today with something that has been highly requested. Mm -hmm. It's caused controversial. Yeah, there's been some discourse. Yes. (laughs) Discourse in the discord. So we are finally covering Pitch Perfect. And to even out the playing field, we do have a Pitch Perfect lover on the pod today, Becca at the Film Tripper on Instagram and TikTok. Becca is awesome. You may have heard her on our Star Dazzle Awards before. You may have seen her on Instagram or TikTok. So we're just going to head right in because obviously we had much to discuss. But before we do, we want to remind you that out today on Patreon is our Bend It Like Beckham bonus episode. You voted and we did it. And if you want to hear it, Join our Patreon. It's Movies That Raised Us on Patreon. $5 a month gets you some pretty good stuff. Yeah. So feel free to head on over to Patreon. And without further ado, let's get right into it. The time has finally come. We have answered your prayers. And we are, in fact, covering the one and only Pitch Perfect. And... In order to placate some of our listeners, we decided to get a fan of the movie on, so it's not just our opinions. We have some balance on the pod. You know, we have some lovers, we have some haters. Yeah. And we have the amazing Becca. You might know her from Instagram as the film tripper. She goes to different film locations and takes pics, makes TikTok real – or. TikTok reels, reels, TikToks, <laughs> and it's just an all-around amazing person. So without further ado, hello, Becca. Oh my God. Hi, guys. I'm on the pod. I'm so excited. Um, Thank you guys so much for having me and for having me for one of my favorite movies, truly. Um, I literally like feels like a fever dream that I'm on here <laughs> talking about this. <laughs> well, we're, we're so glad to have you. I guess to start off, like tell us a little bit about your journey with Pitch Perfect. Where to begin? Where to begin? I've probably seen this movie if I had to guess, like well over 50 times, because mm. as I was like wow. rewatching it for like for the pod, I was like, oh, I actually have this whole movie memorized. I did not need to rewatch it. I'm speaking along with every single line. Like I tried to take notes as I was going and I was like, oh, I'm just quoting the movie. There's no notes. It's just a full script <laughs> that I've typed out. Um, but I, so this movie came out in 2012. So I was in my second year of university when it came out, but I didn't actually see it until a friend of mine in fourth year had lent me the DVD and I just like ate it up. So that was like the start of my obsession. And my current boyfriend who I met in masters, we were like hanging out and both found out that we were both like obsessed with this movie. And it was like one of the first things that like we did together. And just like, I feel like there's just so many people in my life that love this movie. I went and visited my cousin in New York and her, me and her dad were like killing time and it was on TV and like the final like riff off like or the final like showcase song like 
me, Jen and her dad were just having a full sing along. Like that's why I was so surprised when you guys kept being like, yeah, we're not big fans. And I'm like, everybody in my life loves this. How is it oh my gosh. I've met two people that don't when truly everybody else in the whole world does, or at least in my world that does. No, us saying that we were like not pitch perfect fans was like our soft cancellation. I, <laughs> there was, there yeah, was I was like, can we make more episodes? Like, are we okay? Like, have we, it, has the pod ended? Because people were like, writing into us like responding mm-hmm. like in the discord in oh, our dms no. like which i totally get because I, yeah. I think all of our listeners are so passionate about the movies that they do love mm-hmm. and that makes sense to me but i was like oh my god <laughs> there's like a war happening here there's a, an army of pitch perfect lovers i feel like it's kind of like um because what year did uh easy a came out like 20 2010 I feel like Pitch Perfect for me almost is like the tail end of like, not that it's fully like a Y2K nostalgia movie, but it's like the tail end of like that era of movies. And I feel like in terms of like movies said about like high school or like university, like I feel like this was the last one that like really resonated for me at least. And Mm. maybe that's why I've latched onto (laughs) it so much. (laughs) But it's definitely like, if you missed it, you missed it. But I, I feel like mm-hmm. since it came out, it's definitely like found some of its audience. So I'm glad that you guys are finally covering it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was telling we Mo. About- oh, you yeah. got yeah. it. Yeah. No, 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 you got it. You got <laughs> Yeah, I was telling Mo before we started that I realized watching this movie just how like surrounded by acapella I was. I was like acapella adjacent to so many people because yeah. like one of our best friends was in an acapella group. A bunch of other people who we were friends with were in different acapella groups. I had a crush on a guy who was in an acapella group, so I, like, went to watch them perform Amazing. just for him. My, like, <laughs> for lack of a better term, ex, like, he had started, an aca- yeah. like, an all-male acapella group when he was in college. And just, like, so aca-adjacent. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. <laughs> yeah. My ex of four years was in acapella like in college he did acapella all four years yeah and like it's aka crazy (laughs) (laughs) and because you guys like literally did nyu theater like i did Mm -hmm. like high school theater so it's not quite the same but still i get that like theater kid like draw from it like it hits my theater kid fix i feel like no definitely (laughs) especially there's like um in the audition scene he's like if you came here to you know figure out your sexuality to get out your like emotions that's high school shit like this, this is, is the big the leagues, leagues. <laughs> real life yeah i'm like okay mclovin yeah. um was mclovin i guess we'll get to it but was mclovin not a jump scare for you guys i did not remember he was in this movie it wasn't at a all. jump scare but it was like how old are you yeah yeah because super bad is like i don't know like or like 2007 and then role models yeah. was like eight or nine and then this was like mm-hmm. something after i guess so wild That's oh crazy. my gosh well before we get into it shall we throw some numbers out in the chat yeah numbers i love <laughs> the, numbers, the numbers baby <laughs> the numbers are shocking they are the budget for this movie was 17 million and i can only assume most of that went to uh all of the copyright stuff that yeah. they had to pay yeah and they made 
115.4 million in the box office. That's absurd. Insane. <laughs> Almost 10 times what they paid. It took the world by storm. Like it was a huge phenomenon at the time. Everyone was like singing the songs from it, making like the jokes. I remember Fat Amy everyone was talking about. Like it was just such a huge moment. Right. Well, that was her first was that her first really big role? She had done like Bridesmaids shortly before, but this like was kind of her big breakout moment. Yeah, this is like her big, her big thing. I have so many fun facts about Fat Amy, but we'll get to it. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the numbers were crazy. And then like because of that, like Pitch Perfect 2 is the highest musical comedy, like highest grossing musical comedy of all time because oh this movie God. did so well that like everyone was like, we got to do Pitch Perfect 2. Yeah. And like, I know it's like a controversial opinion, but like I obviously like one more than two, but there's so many Pitch Perfect girlies where like number two is like their like their thing. Like that's like the one that they like more, which is crazy. I have seen the second one. I've not seen the third though. Yeah, the third's fine. Yeah. I, like two and three. <laughs> the are third fine. is fine. <laughs> the third is fine. <laughs> I'm gonna get canceled over saying that, but Pitch Perfect one is definitely my favorite. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. We we just have one other little fun fact because there's so much to unpack. We're just going to dive right in. Yes, absolutely. But this movie was loosely adapted from Mickey Rapkin's nonfiction book, Pitch Perfect, The Quest for Collegiate Acapella Glory, and also the director, Jason Moore's own experiences at his alma mater, Northwestern University. And I'm now mm-hmm. remembering that um, somebody I went to high school with who was friends with my brother, she was actually in like the Northeastern University acapella oh, group, yeah. the Nor'easters. Oh, so I'm just cool. surrounded, the of <laughs> surrounded by acapella. <laughs> just everyone in your life is acapella. I had yeah. no idea that this was based on a book. Um, mm-hmm. That's insane to me. I feel like that's something that I feel like I should have known, and I'm kind of embarrassed that I didn't. I mean, I had no idea. No one talks about this. No, no one talks about it. I guess it's kind of like how Mean Girls was based technically on a book as well. It was like a parenting yeah. book helping parents with their teenage children crazy but yeah my only fun fact i guess i was like i should talk about filming locations because that's my thing and the only yeah, fun fact I have about filming locations is that the whole thing was filmed in louisiana at like lsu louisiana state university and that like when they were uh doing like test screenings of it they like did all the first test screenings at lsu and mm. then they realized that there was such a draw for it that they added like two or three extra test screenings because everyone wanted to see the movie. Wow. So that's my only fun fact that I had prepared. Oh my gosh. There you <laughs> go. No, I love that. I love that um, when I, were, I, I can't speak. Um, <laughs> when we were watching it, my boyfriend goes, like when they do the finals at the Lincoln Center, he's like, love the two like establishing shot of like the Empire State Building and just immediately back to the soundstage (laughs) where it was actually filmed. Yeah, the stock footage B-roll that they had just laying around in the back. Like, oh, we got this. Like, put her up there. Put her up there. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, without further ado, should we just Akka head right into it? Akka, excuse me. Akka, believe it. (laughs) Someone has to stop us. Um... (laughs) So we open up to the 2011 ICCA finals and the Barden Troublemakers are competing. They're singing, please don't stop the music. We get this amazing commentary from Gail Abernathy McCaden, who is played by Elizabeth Banks and John Smith 
played by John Michael Higgins. I love what they add to the movie. Mm-hmm. I love their little one-liner clips and like the absurd things they say. I did read that initially Elizabeth Banks' character was supposed to be, supposed to be played by Kristen Wiig, but there was scheduling yes. conflicts. So Elizabeth was like, I got it. Don't even worry. I got it. No, don't <laughs> fret. She's so yeah. good. She's so good in this. Their yeah. little quips are so damn funny. And like they filmed almost all of their stuff, I think, in like a day or a day and a half or something. And like, because yeah. like, they're, they're really like isolated. There's like one scene where they have like, they see anybody else other than like yeah. each other. So <laughs> fairly easy to just like, film it all together yeah also not to like backtrack because i know we've already started but we have to say because the pitch perfect girlies are gonna throw a fit if you don't start off by saying that like the intro to the like warner brothers thing is them singing in acapella yeah we're gonna get mad so i want to get ahead of it for you guys i did notice that i was like whoa So they're the crowd favorite. Everyone loves the troublemakers. And Gail has this, I I love this line. She's just like, nothing makes a woman feel more like a girl than a man who sings like a boy. (laughs) Ain't that the truth? (laughs) I'm like, this resonates to me as a theater kid. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) As a a lifelong One Direction girly, I understood it completely. As a lifelong horny theater kid understandable (laughs) (laughs) so we then go backstage where we see britney snow aka chloe she's running up and as the troublemakers are finishing their song alice who is the head of the barden bellas she ties chloe's little necktie and tells her that she looks like a mess and that her breath smells like eggs all the time (laughs) like all the time (laughs) and you like see her after like breathe into the air and yeah. like sniff it <laughs> like poor girl yeah that's exactly what you want to hear right before you go on stage so alice is just looking at them and she's like oh i can't believe that after we graduate like you two are gonna be in charge meaning chloe and aubrey played by anna camp and she tells aubrey not to fuck up her solo and aubrey says my dad always says if you're not here to win get the hell out of kuwait <laughs> Which absolutely kills me. Like about Aubrey. So like sometimes I absolutely love her, and then sometimes she is absolutely like my least favorite part of the whole movie because like she's so antagonizing and she's so irritable. Yeah. Like if this movie didn't have her in it, like it wouldn't be the same. Like she's just Mm -hmm. she's so good at being this character, the most like type A uptight woman you've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So the Trebles finish their song. Their song is iconic. Please don't stop the. Please don't stop the music. It's so good. And Bumper, aka Adam Divine, is like, yes. "You're awesomely horrible." I hate this is girl power. Hey, this is girl power. Girl power. <laughs> um, Alice tells the ladies that it's now or never. Everyone put their hands into harmonize. They do the ah. So then Gail and John have this whole conversation about why women don't typically make it far and it's because women can't hit the low notes like the male groups can or people with male members can which is a nice fun easter egg for Mm -hmm. later on in the competition um and then john and gail have a fun conversation women are about as good acapella as they are being doctors (laughs) 
perfect. Love. <laughs> love. I love John. So the Bellas get out there and sing my least favorite song because we hear it 47,000 times. Bro. Which is, I saw the signs and I opened it. I can't. It's so- just like all Sopranos too. It's like, yeah. I saw the signs. And then Gail asks, did we just take a turn into Snoozeville? Yeah, we did. It's mm-hmm. fucking brutal, Gail. You're so right. So Aubrey starts singing. She's like hyped for her solo. This is her big moment. She's going to be a senior next year. She's taking charge. And then all of a sudden, the most absurd, grossest, thick stream of CGI comes out of her mouth. It's so bad. It's so nasty. Bad. It's awful. I'm like really. This is one of my my main gripes, honestly, with this movie. Not the even, vomit comedy. Yeah, not even the acapella the vomity. Like, I'll I'll take that, but like gross body humor is just so not my thing. And the amount of vomit that is in this movie, it just feels so out of place it's to me. Too much. It's it's a lot, and I kind of like felt the same like watching like bridesmaids. Like I like bridesmaids, yeah. but like the poop in the streets was like too much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then yeah, Gail's like she didn't lose it. We know where it is. It's all over the third row, and you're like, oh, oh god, brutal, brutal, brutal. Christ. So we transition. The next thing we see is mysterious dj girl she's on her laptop she's like i can't stop for a damn second i'm at the airport she does this little mix of like you've got it dude in 212 and i'm like why did you bastardize 212 <laughs> okay so they actually got like real djs to like mix this song it was by like somebody called the wow Outfit. i used to listen to the song when i like ran because i was like i was in the 212 <laughs> Hello, girly. I'm absolutely not. <laughs> but oh yeah, they like had like all of like Becca's like in quotes like mixes were I think mostly done by this group or person called the Outfit, mm-hmm. and they uh, yeah you can like find them on Spotify. And stuff. Oh my wow. gosh! I mean, yeah. 2012 is also like peak mashup DJ earworm. Yeah, DJ yeah. Earworm. I mean, I just kept thinking about Glee. Yeah. It was such a thing. Oh, my gosh. I can just – I feel like if this movie came out now, Becca would be, like, sitting in her car on TikTok being like, guys, I just made the song of the summer. And, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, song. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. she's, like, did my mix, like, closes her laptop. It is Becca played by Miss Anna Kendrick, the one and only. Yeah. And – I love the soft emo of her, like, (laughs) eyeliner and her simply just wearing, like, you know, darker colored clothes, I guess. (laughs) And they're just like, she's so emo. She's She's so so alt. (laughs) Crazy. They're like, this alt girl with the, like, later on, like, Jessie says something like, a crazy article with, like, the ear cuff. And I'm like, I literally dressed like this. (laughs) Yeah, I dressed like that. And I wasn't even Ear cuffs were fucking bomb in 2012. If you're telling me you didn't want an ear cuff in 2012, get out of um, here. I'm sorry, but you were a loser. <laughs> and like she's wearing like I feel like everyone is like, oh my god, that eyeliner. And I was like, I feel like this is like how that much was the eyeliner. Yeah, that like, was day to day. Like my day to day was like this. I think it started in middle school. Like when I was in eighth grade, I remember the popular girls started wearing like eyeliner, and I was like, this is crazy because like. 
maybe they were wearing a little bit of mascara, a little bit of foundation. The eyeliner was there. Yeah. That was you the know? first thing you did before any like foundation came way later. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck foundation. <laughs> I, I want to say like in high school, like the cat eyes started yeah. to become more popular, yeah, like yeah, yeah. 2012, I guess 2012, 2014. But like before that, it was like the crayon ass eyeliner. Yeah. Like me in high school, like my pictures are just straight up crayon. Like it's like, <laughs> like it's the line, like under the line, like under like the waterline, big, right. big black above the, like why would, did my eyes look like little M&Ms? Like they're so small because of how <laughs> overlined they were. Yeah. Uh, Becca hops into a cab off to Barden University cut to campus she gets out and is immediately approached by an obnoxious like super peppy welcome leader girl oh god i don't know if this was what your experience was at nyu but this was 100 percent my experience at carlton which is like a university here in ottawa (laughs) they definitely don't come up to you like when you're unloading but like we had they don't do this anymore, I guess, but we had a whole welcome week at NYU, like a full seven days. They don't do it anymore? I heard that they don't do the full seven days Whoa. now because there was too much drinking and a lot of people would go to the hospital, wow. which as an RA, I did know because right. like they were like, welcome week is the worst time for yeah. um, being on call. Right, right. So that being said, <laughs> this welcome leader is like, the dorm is here, blah, blah, blah. And as she's like yapping along, Jesse, played by Skylar Aston, rolls oh up. My God. And he's like, <laughs> and just like a little like air guitar. Don't you cry no more. No. <laughs> I know it all. <laughs> Immediately on screen being charming. Immediately. Absolutely. I'm like, respectful king 2024 i was thinking he might he might score a nomination might make the cut coming out the gate strong he is my movie husband maybe not actually but i feel like he's cute like of my movie husbands he like definitely like ranks up there i literally like yeah in the little notes i took i was like enter my husband yeah (laughs) and my husband becomes yeah I couldn't separate his image, though, from him being in Spring Awakening. Um. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's brutal. I kept seeing, like, the glasses on him. (laughs) It is crazy, like, his rise to fame. So he was the original Spring Awakening 2006 with, like, Leah Michelle, the Leah Michelle and Jonathan (laughs) Groff. The one and only. The one and only. Then he was, like, little TV bits like Hamlet 2. 2010, he was in Rent at the Hollywood Bowl with Aaron Tavet and Vanessa Haji, which is also oh crazy. God. And then 2012 was pitch perfect. Like, I feel like in those, like, couple of years, it was just, like, musical theater gold, 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 mm-hmm. and then movie gold. Like, hit it right out of the park right away. And I remember on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, he was the replacement yeah, Greg yeah. in season four as well. <gasps> oh, my gosh. That's crazy. It's yeah. so weird that they had a replacement Greg. I never watched that show, but I've heard good things. It was really good. I recommend. I, rec- I recommend mm. giving it a watch. But yeah, he's such an MT boy. He was also in, I don't know if you ever watched, um, what is that show called? Like Zoe's Imaginary Playlist or something like that. I think it only yes. had one season. Yes, he yes, was yes. in that and he was, you know, just as charming as ever. He's so, and like I feel like he's not, like obviously he's attractive, but he's not like, he's Chad Michael Murray attractive. Yeah. Like he's not like conventionally. It's just like his charm in this movie and like he's so charming. Yeah, he's so charming. He's not just like being 
like, oh, I'm just like sexy. I'm saying all the right things. But it's like the way that he's like acting when he doesn't have lines. Like he's just like so endearing. He's so fun. I just want Jesse. I don't know. Like he's just like the half, like half the best part of watching this movie is like watching their relationship. And like he's 100% the reason because he's like putting it all in. And she's like, she's not giving him anything, but like he's still doing it. And that's why we love it. Yeah. Yeah. Very much like a grumpy sunshine situation. He just comes off as like very genuine. And I love seeing that kind of like goofy yes, yes, yes. thing he has going. So like a little golden retriever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He seems like attainable, like as, yeah. a, as a movie crush. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's very theater kid. Like this is what you think the, the guy that you like in theater is like, and he's not. No. That's- oh my god, yeah. And you and you realize everyone around him is like or sorry, everyone that meets him is actually just like annoyed with his behavior. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're like, wow, love. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> so after he drives away, um, Becca is given a rape whistle and she's like, Don't use it unless it's actually happening. And Becca just like takes a look around campus and thinks she's too too cool for school but literally she's like uh i can't believe i'm here with these like losers <laughs> going to college with my one bag that's all i need yeah just my laptop and a dream <laughs> so she goes into her dorm room nicest dorm rooms i've ever seen oh yeah every time i watch it i'm like you've got shelves i'm like you have a full shelf yeah. in your dorm room what a luxury <laughs> yeah it's so nice beautifully like freshly painted yeah and so she walks in and she sees her roommate kimmy jen who immediately just like gives her a death glare and becca assumes she can't speak english necessarily because this girl is asian and it's like oh i'm like she doesn't like you yeah like you're just (laughs) annoying yeah there's like a cut so like i uh rewatched a lot of like the deleted scenes for this because only like maybe like 15 minutes of deleted scenes from the Mm. movie and like this scene with kimmy jin is a little bit longer so like it starts off with like becca essentially like asking her like not to touch her shit because like her dj stuff is so important to her and she's like constantly asking her questions and like kimmy jin is just like not responding so then that's why at the end she's like where did we land on the English? Like, yes, English, no, English. Because, yeah. like, she'd asked her so many questions, but, like, they cut that part out so that it just makes her seem extra racist. Yeah, like, like Becca, you just makes racist, her racist then. But then, like, extra yeah. racist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. So bad. We then cut over to Jesse, who walks into his dorm room, where he meets his roommate, Benji, a.k.a. Ben Platt, a very young Ben Platt, <laughs> who has, just like... Just, like, the age he should have been when he did a movie version of oh, like absolutely yeah. that's all i kept thinking this watch around because like i haven't seen pitch perfect since evan hansen came out and like the whole time i was just like this is like i'm like uncanny valley like i'm stressed mm. watching this because yeah. this is how old he's supposed to be right right the best part about him being in the dear evan hansen movie too is that he's like hunched over the whole time as if that would make him shorter or look, look younger, younger. Yeah. <laughs> And he, and she, he just looks like he's like uncomfortable. He's like, "Oh, I'm so, I'm so short. Look yeah. at me. I'm so small." I'm tap, tap, tapping on the glass. And he's like weirdly like sweaty or like looks sweaty like the whole time. Like I, <laughs> I don't thought know it was why. a wig, but it's just his hair actually in the movie. Yeah. It looks matted. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, and like Ben Platt in this movie, like obviously he can sing because mm-hmm. like can Ben Platt but like truly like 90% of the deleted scenes are Ben Platt scenes I was like nobody wanted him to be <laughs> clearly it's like 
like all devastating story. like the riff off has like a whole ben platt thing the icca says the whole blood like there's so much ben platt oh. so for any girlies that like ben platt that want more pitch perfect definitely go watch specifically the 27 deleted scenes <laughs> oh my gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> he's like my father will hear about this <laughs> right right <laughs> But um, Ben Platt, a.k.a. Benji, he has somehow painted his side of the room black. I'm like, you can't do that, but whatever. For like an hour, he like arrives at camp. He's like, first thing. First thing, I'm painting my room and I'm setting up shelves for all my Star Wars memorabilia. So Jesse walks in and he's like, oh my God. But he's (laughs) actually like never rude to benji which i think is important to note because everyone else is but he's just kind of like a little weirded out but you know what like i can work with this it's fine and we see also that benji is wearing a cape and he's really into close-up magic so he's an eccentric one (laughs) he's eccentric but he's sweet he's sweetheart yeah he's definitely he's definitely sweet in the second one they like try and pair him this isn't really a spoiler but like uh Haley steinfeld's in the second one and they try and like give them a little bit of like a romance that like very much has no chemistry oh Oh, no (laughs) i forgot Um, about that oh my gosh yeah it's very funny so then back at becca's dorm she is (laughs) who wrote she's making shitty mixes i'm sorry i i did editorialize (laughs) that that. very subjective (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna like hear about this from the person who was hired to make these mixes or something it's gonna get to them you're gonna hear from literally because it's like the mix is so funny it's like oh it's like so aggressive (laughs) my issue isn't even necessarily with the mix it's just the fact that she's playing it out loud while her roommate is trying to set up like you're insufferable yeah what the hell she's like setting up like a little zen tree and then this girl is just like yeah boom 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 in the background (laughs) like no wonder she hates you <laughs> so funny. So that is when her dad comes in and then essentially exposition dumps all over mm-hmm, the scene. Right. Um, <laughs> we find out that he is a lit professor. Um, he and that like she got like school paid for for free, which yeah. is like also like I feel yeah. like she's. I love Becca and I love this movie, but like, girl, like read the room. Like, why are you compa- complaining about like? your a life coming to, like, to college school. yeah a free yeah. ride to college when like your roommate is like literally sitting right there anyways mm-hmm. i like this whole scene is so awkward because it's just like why are you airing out all of your dirty laundry in front of a stranger you yeah. just met that you have to live with all year yeah so he asks how becca got here so she took a cab instead of calling her and then low-key drops the step monster so insinuating that they're obviously divorced yeah he asks if she's been out of the quad yet and she's like so uninterested in everything she's just like fuck the quad i need to be in la right now and it's like yeah okay like you're presumably like 17 yeah <laughs> like what are you gonna do I need in to LA pay right now? my dues yeah, she's like, i need to pay my dues yeah dad pay for me to go to los angeles and front me like a couple months rent so i can pay my dues at a music studio right right what she wants from her dad like he's like truly being so kind and supportive mm-hmm. in this moment and she's just like I gotta the way she says it. She's like, I gotta, uh, I gotta. Like she always like sighs so loudly when she talks. To him. Oh, you don't get it. I just, I'm like, you're insufferable. Yeah. I gotta make music, Dad. I just wanna. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so then he says that it's not a profession; it's a hobby. Unless you're someone like Rick Dees. 
like whom I didn't even know. I don't even who know who that is. Yeah. So, um, she tells him she wants to produce music, and he tells her that she needs to get an education. End of discussion. Like not to like side with the parents and like the teen dramas, but like just like try education for a little yeah, bit. You know, see how right. It goes. Like, yeah. Give it the old college try. Give it a try. And Kimmy Jin just like interrupts their like full family fight and is just like, I'm going to the activities fair. And then Becca's like, I'm going to the activities fair with my new best friend, Kimmy Jin. <laughs> just like, Kimmy so Jin's like, I'm going to fucking kill you if you don't get away from me. Put in some headphones when you do your mixes. Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> so we go to the activities fair and Becca looks around. She sees Kimmy Jin at like this um, Korean student association, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Jesse and Benji are also at the fair together, and Benji tells Jesse about the troublemakers, the coolest people on campus. And we see the troublemakers singing Let It Whip and Bumper. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. And Bumper is just like doing his thing, just like giving it his all and annoying everyone passing by, like just getting in their faces and shit. And Benji asks Jesse how his voice is. And then Jesse sings some of Let It Whip and just sounds like an angel yeah. on a cloud. <laughs> and and Benji's like, oh, cool. <laughs> oh, awesome. So, oh, my and, like, gosh. The, okay, I have to talk about some of the troubles quickly before we move mm-hmm. on. Because they are some of my favorite. Like, each one individually. If you're watching the background, because, like, obviously, like, Bumper is, like, the front man. And then yeah, right. the guy who was in the Mindy project as like Mindy's brother. I always forget yeah. his name in this movie. And in Never Have I Ever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And in Never Have I Ever. They're like kind of like the front people. But if you watch literally any of the other background people, they're all doing something absurd. Like throughout this whole scene, there's like one guy on a unicycle in the background that's just like rubbing his abs. <laughs> like he's got his shirt lifted. He's like looking oh at his God. own abs while on a unicycle. And I'm like but like who gave you that direction like what's the direction like everyone do something stupid and they're like yeah yeah yeah, i'm on it everyone be silly (laughs) absolutely crazy oh Um, my gosh so good meanwhile the bellas are trying to get new recruits for their acapella group and Aubrey tells chloe that she's confident that they're gonna find eight super hot girls with bikini ready bodies who could harmonize and have perfect pitch which is not gonna happen i'm sorry yeah (laughs) Aubrey tries to give her flyers to some girls passing by that all ignore her and then chloe's like why don't we just look for good singers? And Aubrey's like, LOL, I want none of your fucking suggestions. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's so ruthless how she treats her, but also very humorous. Mm-hmm. Um, so then enter fat Amy, aka Rebel Wilson, aka probably one of the highlights of this whole movie. I would love to mm-hmm. know what your non-nostalgic opinions are of fat Amy, to be honest, because I have like a lot of nostalgia for her, mm-hmm. but then like w- trying to watch this a little bit more critically this time. I was like, oh, there's definitely some things here that you shouldn't be. Which is questionable. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely questionable. There's definitely some stuff that doesn't land, but she does have a lot of very funny lines. And I feel like her lines are probably the most quoted from this movie. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So Fat Amy approaches them and she's like, oh, what good singers? (laughs) And she's like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i can't do an australian accent but i'm gonna try well we can't um, do any accents but that doesn't stop us oh yeah don't let that stop you <laughs> so then aubrey has her try and like match the pitch so like her and fat amy are going back and forth like ah, um, ah and then she uh, does the most absurd like down ah, like, yeah. and she's like wow that was a really good start what's your name and she's like i'm fat amy 
and they're like, oh, fat Amy. And she's like, I'm the best singer in Tasmania with teeth. <laughs> like, also, Loki really racist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then they, um, oh, yeah, they asked for her name. She's like, they're like, you call yourself fat Amy? And she's like, yeah, so skinny bitches like you don't do it behind my back, which is also true. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. And I was watching an interview. Brittany Snow said that, like, Rebel Wilson, like, fat Amy would go on like 20 minute tangents about like nothingness and they just like cobbled all of her scenes together from all of these tangents so like this part where she's like they're asking her to like to sing and they're asking her like what kind of things that she does and she's like oh i do mermaid dancing and they're like what's that she like lies down on the ground and like (laughs) it's a lot of floor work (laughs) apparently she improvised that and like they had to like in like the effects like take out all of like those little x stickers that people stand on when oh, they're filming. Oh yeah, the marks. And she's like <laughs> this cost them thousands of dollars, but like it was so funny that everyone like had to leave it in because it's like she's <laughs> on the ground like full body work. Um yeah. But yeah, that's they're pretty much they like invite her to auditions and she she's good at modern dancing, old and dancing, mermaid dancing. <laughs> so so good. It's a strong entrance for sure. It is really good, yeah. Absolutely. It like definitely sets the tone for like mm-hmm. who she is, which is very yeah. fun. There's also a lot of like absurd comedy uh delivered in an earnest way yes. in this movie. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Like nobody like knows that they're being crazy, but like we mm-hmm. do. But like in right. their world, everyone's like, Yeah, 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 I'm with it on this. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like the comedy is like things that we are saying in our heads that we would we should never say out loud yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> so while this is happening becca finds a dj table she's like oh finally but then fatty amy comes over and she's like ah oh, deaf jews and this duo at the table is like shalom and fat amy is like that's not a real word but keep trying <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> So, yeah, that's the beginning of her questionable behavior. Mm-hmm. And she and Becca have this, like, uh, weird aside about being from somewhere that doesn't have, like, a lot of Jewish people. But then Fetty is like, oh, you know, yeah, there weren't a lot of Jewish people, but we did do Fiddler on the Roof once. <laughs> sure. So later on, Chloe actually spots Becca at the fair and... Aubrey's like, oh, I don't know. She looks a little bit old. And I'm like, again, because her nails are like to have chipped black polish. She's like, wearing gray skinny jeans. That's too old right. for me, man. That cartilage piercing. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so they stop her anyway and ask her to audition. And Becca remembers that acapella is like popular right now. So Chloe is like, yeah, we do covers of songs. Like it's all with our mouths. <laughs> And Becca is like, all right, She's I'm like not going to join this. <laughs> like, that's yeah. embarrassing for you. <laughs> yeah. And Chloe tells her about the acapella groups on campus, you know, the Bellas, BU Harmonics, the High Notes, and the Troublemakers. <laughs> also exposition dumping all over the world. Right. Acapella. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they ask Becca if she's in, and she's like, I don't know, it sounds kind of lame. And... <laughs> Of course, Aubrey is, like, defensive. Excuse Excuse me? me? Yeah. So Chloe clarifies that they're a tight-knit group of talented ladies, and they really want to make it to nationals at Lincoln Center again this year. Help us get there. And 
or what does she say? She's like, help us get our dream or something. Like it's very dramatic. Help us make our dreams become a reality is what she says. So Becca tells them, sorry, I don't sing and leaves. And Aubrey's like, we're done for. We're toast. (laughs) Yeah. Meanwhile, Bumper is just like screaming at one of the other trebles. He's like, you were singing the guitar off key. I'm going to fucking punch you in the head if you do that again. And (laughs) he's like, I'm going to choke you. you I'm going (laughs) to choke you. (laughs) So Benji's like, this is my moment. Let me go and approach them. So he goes up. He just starts talking about how much he loves the Trebles. And he saw them at Mall of America three years ago. It changed his life. And he even (laughs) is like, Bumper, like, I'm such a huge fan of you. And Bumper is just like, yeah, okay, the smell of your weird is actually affecting my vocal cords. So I'm going to need you to like back it up and shoes them away he's like what if no 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 what if we exchange numbers and then like hang out right now it's <laughs> like hard pass hard pass <laughs> he's like hard pass he like does this like weird thing <laughs> yeah, yeah i did so. see like an interview actually fairly recently that his he kind of like not really accidentally auditioned for this movie but when he auditioned he didn't know it was like an acapella movie he thought it was a baseball movie because it was yes, called Pitch I Perfect. Saw I saw this. Yeah. Oh so my he god. He did not have a song prepared, and he I, th- I can't remember if he sang like the theme song from Full House or something like that, just because he had no clue. But they ended up casting him because they he was doing Workaholics at the time, and they like wanted him for the role. He's and, a funny guy. Yeah, I think he's great as Bumper. He's very funny. So yeah, I loved Workaholics. Yeah. So then Becca finally finds the radio station where she meets Luke, the station manager, aka Cormac McLaden from Harry Potter for all the Harry Potter yes. girlies. Yeah. And Freddie. I wrote, oh, his name is Freddie Strama. And he's Prince Frederick from season one of Bridgerton. Mm-hmm. And he's in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Oh, he's shoot. in everything. Yeah. And he's in Hale, Cinderella's story, the one with like Lucy Hale. He's like the Hawkeye. Oh my gosh. Wow. He's in, booked and busy. He's like low key. Yeah. The booked and busy. Everything yeah. But like not the lead hot guy. He's no, just like a hot guy. Hot guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, a casual, like random hot guy. Yeah. Um, so we meet Luke, the station manager. Um, Jesse comes in and sees Becca, and they are both interning. Oh my and god! And Luke makes them like stack seeds, and he's like, he's like, oh, I know you, and she's like, no, you don't. <laughs> like, I don't want anything to do with you. No, you don't. She's like, I don't know him. He's like, I, I know her. <laughs> like, I actually know her. It's like, no, you don't. <laughs> um, so Luke makes them stack CDs and tells them that when there's done, there's more, and he's like, you're gonna be spending a lot of time together, so no sex on the table. Which I don't know if you guys had campus jobs, but like the campus jobs that I worked. Shout out to anyone that goes to Carlton Architecture School. <laughs> but like all those campus jobs, I feel like everyone had sex in those campus jobs. I don't oh know gosh. if that's like a thing at your university, but like. I mean, my campus job was like <laughs> being an RA. So. Oh, okay. I never heard any like salacious stories, but I don't know. I feel like architecture school is kind of similar to like theater where it's like it's very incestuous and you only talk to the people in your program mm. and like everyone knows yeah. each other. So like. At least for like our campus jobs, it was a lot of like camera storage, dark room, like stuff that like you could definitely just close the door and like oh, no yeah. one would notice mm. you were having sex in the room. Yeah. Um, I mean, people definitely had sex like in our studios, like if people were like were rehearsing and stuff. I had heard about oh, that yeah, like yeah, a couple yeah. of um, times. We're rehearsing. <laughs> <laughs> and like those doors did not lock. So it was a dangerous game. They had floor to ceiling windows. <laughs> So, oh my god yeah scandalous yeah. at nyu yeah that's so funny 
yeah our like janky ass school at Carlton was like not the same I feel like people <laughs> were just like stoked to like have something to do <laughs> <laughs> Um, so they're stacking cds and becca is like i just wanted to play music like i didn't want to be stacking cds and jesse is so endearing he's like no this is what i wanted to do like i love stacking cds (laughs) and like the deleted scene of this is really fun like they have so much more back and forth like they definitely like cut the fat out of the scene but like Mm. Just like their chemistry, like his chemistry at her. Yeah, he's in her carrying direction this. Is great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So then Jesse asks what her deal is. Like, you're dark, mysterious, take out your ear spike and then your glasses, and suddenly you're beautiful. And she's like, I don't wear glasses. And he's like, Well, then you're halfway there. And I'm like, Am I low key in love with you? Probably. Yes. The answer is yes, we all are. <laughs> he, if he doesn't get at least nominated for a respectful king, I'm going to riot. Sure. Yeah, he's he's on the short list for sure. So stay tuned. 2024 Star Dazzle Awards. Yeah, absolutely. Especially as like a girl who like had well has glasses and like I would I wouldn't say I dressed like Becca, but like I definitely had a lot of clothes like Becca. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, relatable. Yeah. Yeah. I could land a Jesse 10 mm-hmm. out of 10. <laughs> so time has passed. Becca is out on the quad. She is still kind of doing her own thing. Like she's not with anyone. And she's working on a new mix, which is, I think, my least favorite one in the movie. <laughs> it's Ricochet, or that's not, it's Titanium. Yeah. And 10,000 Miles. <laughs> like, I would walk, would walk 10,000 10, miles. Yeah. 500 miles? You're so right when you say <laughs> 500 miles. 500 <laughs> miles? 500. Isn't it not 10,000? I'm 10, picking 000? like arbitrary names for all this. <laughs> Because it's ten thousand, isn't ten thousand the like uh the Vanessa Williams? Oh, a thousand, a thousand, a thousand, a thousand miles. Oh, there's no ten thousand. I don't <laughs> None know. Of us know any song. <laughs> I don't know. Some so measure funny. of miles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she's making this mix, and it's like ricochet. Come take your and it's like I would walk. <laughs> she's like the baselines match. The baselines match. There's no reason these songs shouldn't be one song. And (laughs) I'm so glad Becca's laughing at my jokes. It's so fun. Um, She looks around. You're right. Like, this is like, it is absurd because it's like that song I associate with like St. Patty's Day. And then the other one I associate with like clubbing when I was like 18. (laughs) I'm like, the difference. It's like like adding a fucking. a Vici song in like wagon wheel or something. <laughs> <laughs> Not wagon wheel. <laughs> oh Can you add a mashup of wagon wheel and <laughs> I'm gonna put the worst mashup ever made in history in this Please. spot. <laughs> So she looks around at the people who are just like studying and having fun and she just is so over it. Just kind of like a low-key eye roll and she lays down like, I hate this. So over it. Hell. (laughs) So we cut to the next morning or some morning and Becca's dad just comes into her dorm like, that's illegal. She has a roommate. (laughs) 
so illegal. Yeah. Like, um, you can't have a parent just walk in. Never mind, like a fucking teacher yeah. just right. walk into a student's dorm room. Like, that's just like so illegal. So weird yeah. too. And he's like, "Why aren't you at your philosophy class?" And she's like, "Well, actually, I'm posing a philosophical question. If I don't go, will the class still suck?" And he's like, "Give it a chance. Like, college is such a great." place to meet people and have experiences and she has no friends it's been a month and she's like well Kimmy Jin is my friend and she's like nope nope <laughs> Jin is like fuck this another family fight I have to listen right. to you all over she's it. like what is this fresh hell and her father is like you need to get involved she's like I joined a, the radio station but her dad is like eh, wrong answer <laughs> He's like, what, with like three losers? And she's like, well, four now. But like, yeah. she got a job. Like, I yeah. feel like I thought that would count for job. something. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, no offense to like all of us that didn't have a job, but like getting a job, like, I feel like is like more responsibility than like the time I put into like my softball team. Right. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, you've got more responsibility. People are depending on you. It's like definitely more responsibility than like acapella. So, like, I don't know why he's like all up in her case about this. He's like, my daughter's a loser that has no friends. I need to intervene. Right, right. So he's like, join one club on campus. And if at the end of the year you still want to move to LA, I will help you, which is super generous. Yeah, absolutely. Becca takes the deal. She then goes over to the shower. And every time I see the scene, I'm just like, I'm so glad. I feel so blessed and lucky that we didn't have like communal showers like this. Yeah. Didn't have to wear shower shoes and worry Didn't about have to bring a caddy around or whatever. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Ooh. So she's strolling to the shower, just singing Titanium to herself when Chloe, who is in one of the shower stalls with a man, overhears her and she takes it upon herself to just whip the curtain open and be like, oh my God, you do sing. And I'm like, you can't do that. That's actually illegal. <laughs> it's so illegal. And also like, I'm assuming, like, Becca is probably, like, 17, 18, possibly 17, yeah. 18. Like, she could be a minor, and, mm-hmm. like, Chloe's a fourth year. So, like, in theory, like, Chloe could be, like, 30 or 23, and, like, Becca could be 17. Yeah. Like, that's so bad. It's a bit <laughs> it's much. Ugh, horrible. Was, like, and, like, she's clearly, like, with a first year, because, like, why else would a fourth year be in, like, the first year dorm? Yeah. I didn't think Why are you that? in that dorm? Oh, is it a fr- – well – I guess it depends if it's a freshman. Yeah. I don't know. I just assumed that, like, at least in Canadian universities, like, it's so rare for non, like, first years to be living on campus. Like, there's, like, Mm. one building that maybe has, like, a handful of students that are, like, non-first years. But, like, Canadian universities, it's, like, after first year, it's, like, go find somewhere else to live by. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because we had, like... We were in, like, obviously in the city. So there was freshman dorms where it was only freshmen that lived there. And then there were all the other upperclassmen dorms. And quite a few people did stay in dorms, like sophomore, even like junior year. Um, And then usually, like, you would move out unless you were just like not planning to stay in New York. Then, like, sometimes it made more sense to stay in the dorm Mm -hmm. or, you know, just depending on your convenient. Because it's also super Mm -hmm. hard to get an apartment in New York. You have to show a lot of credentials. Mm -hmm. But there was like Palladium had freshmen and upperclassmen. Oh, that's true. Yeah. It's because one of the freshman dorms was closed when we started. So they let freshmen live in Palladium. But now because it was – They also had a hotel that they had 
the people living in at at one point because I think it was also construction. Was it also, a hotel like operating mm-hmm. as a hotel. Yeah, dorms. Yeah, and so oh like you got God. like maid service. Like they would come in and clean and shit. Yeah. And like I really wanted to live there, but it was also super expensive. Yeah, it was so. like one of the most expensive dorms to live in because they they were different prices depending on like the amenities. So the oh, cheapest one didn't have AC. So for the first like. <laughs> Month about of Ruben? school, yeah. For the first like month, two months hell. of school, you're in absolute hell. Um, and then it's like fine. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. I lived in a low cost dorm my freshman year. I also lived in the low cost. Yeah, yeah. and so it was like a room. Well, honestly, it might be the size of my studio apartment. Like, yeah. it was three beds and desks and dressers like it was like bed mm-hmm. desk dresser That's bed crazy. desk dresser da, da, da. Yeah. and we did have our own bathroom but it was like a lot like you didn't want to be in there doing work yeah <laughs> Okay, that's crazy because, like, we definitely paid at Carlton. Like, there was, I don't know, like, eight different, like, res buildings. Mm-hmm. And we you only paid, like, if you were, like, a single, you paid a different price. Like, it wasn't, like, based on the building. It was, like, based on, like, if you had, like, a you shared a bathroom with, like, one other person. Right. We called them can mates. Shout out to Canadian <laughs> universities. Like, your bathroom mate was your can mate. Why? I don't know. That's just what we called them. <laughs> but, like. Yeah, there's definitely, like, some that were sketchier than others, but everyone paid the same unless you were, like, in, like, a solo room. Oh, yeah. For us, even within the same building, there could be different prices for rooms. Yeah. So, like, wow. I was in Pretty a storm, yeah, called yeah, Third North, definitely. where I was in one of the low-cost options where basically they took what was supposed to be a two-person room and they put a wall between – the be- <laughs> the bedrooms and made it into two bedrooms so like oh my, my bed and my room my like roommate in our bedroom our beds were so close together that we could like hold hands while we slept if we wanted to um <laughs> and then the other bedroom had bunk beds well the most effed up dorm you were in was second street mm-hmm. which was a studio street was with bunk absurd. beds yeah, yeah it was oh bunk beds God. there was like you had a tiny little stove. Like there was no room. I had a room. mini there fridge, was no room. not a real fridge. Yeah. Um, so I had to buy a second mini fridge that had a freezer so that I could like actually cook because wow. I didn't have a meal plan second year because I was like, right, oh, right. I have a kitchen. And then they were like, you have a mini fridge. You didn't fridge. have a meal plan at all? No. Oh, my goodness. So. How did you survive? I had to cook it. That's wow. why I bought that second mini fridge. Um, And my roommate had a meal plan, so she never really cooked at all. So like the kitchen was just mine. Oh, that's nice. But. Yeah, it was a time. It was a time. <laughs> but that's crazy. We made it work. <laughs> but yeah, that's crazy. Sorry, I didn't yeah. mean to like derail us. Oh, no, I told, I was like, what are we talking oh. about? Oh, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, they're they're in the shower moment, and Chloe is questioning Becca because she has a beautiful voice, and she's like, "Oh, I love that song." And this is my least favorite line in the whole movie when Becca goes, "Yeah." You know David Guetta? And I'm like, bitch. You know David Guetta? It is um, 2012. Have I been living under a rock? <laughs> I, did, I did research on this. I was like, I need to know the fucking timeline. Because, like, after this movie, they got special permissions. Like, for two, for Pitch Perfect 2 and 3, mm-hmm. they got unreleased music. So that when the movie came out, the music, like, seemed was fresh. Current, it was yeah. Like, yeah. So David Guetta's, like, hit song, his first number one song was um, when... What is it? When love takes when over. Life, yeah, with, with Kelly, Kelly Rowland. Yeah, yeah. Kelly Rowland. Well, that's two thousand and nine. And then Fergie is no getting over, no getting over you. That was yeah. two thousand and ten. And then presumably this was filmed sometime in twenty eleven. And then 
that's when titanium came out and then this movie was like the year after like did they not think that this is gonna be a hit like (laughs) it's so jarring when she says it she's like this song is my jam my lady jam like why did you not think anyone knew this she's like wow this underground artist david getta who's just like worldwide probably never heard of him (laughs) yeah (laughs) it is crazy like it is a very we especially like watching it now when it's like he's arguably one of the most famous like yeah djs probably that people like still know yeah it's like you know him like yeah. yes bitch yeah. yes yeah <laughs> we yeah. all know <laughs> and luckily chloe does say what do you think i've been living under a rock so i'm like at least there's some acknowledgement that this is yeah, an yeah, insane yeah. thing to say <laughs> but basically chloe ultimately is like i'm not leaving until you sing for me in the nude do it now (laughs) so eventually becca does sing they harmonize together and they're like oh wow we sound so good together and chloe then like you know realizes that she is also in the nude and she's like yeah you know i'm I'm pretty confident about all this and becca just goes yeah you should be and i thought there's like a lot of people (laughs) who really ship like becca and chloe it's like a whole thing i thought there was gonna be a lesbian storyline for a second then i was like oh no that doesn't happen yeah. No, the like it is crazy because it's like this would be like a fantastic lesbian storyline, mm-hmm. but instead, when we get to Cynthia Rose, yeah, I have lots to it's say. Ha- I feel like it's so handled so poorly. Yeah, it's so poorly, and I'm like, why are you making her like a low key predator? Like, why yeah. are all like either like anything that's like talking about being a lesbian is like the butt of a joke that is like a very poor joke, mm-hmm. and or she's like low key assaulting Stacy like right. every. Chance. Yeah, we'll get to that. I have some thoughts. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. But like, because like I know this is definitely like a ship that a lot of people want. And then like in two and three, like they still kind of like allude at it, but like it's not like a thing. Yeah. Sadly, the the energy is definitely there. But ultimately, Chloe tells Becca she should audition for the Bellas, like blah blah blah. And then the guy that Chloe was hooking up with does come over, and he's like, "You have a beautiful voice, by the way." So. Just <laughs> poor Becca trying to take her shower and getting accosted. Um, and then we cut to the auditions, the Aka auditions. Oh my god! And first we have um, oh I don't remember what the other guy's name is, but McLovin like jumps out from like <laughs> behind him, and it's honestly such a jump scare seeing him. I always forgot that he's in this damn mm-hmm. movie, Christopher Mintz. Plas, please. I don't know if I can pronounce his last name. Plas. Um. So he gets on stage and he's like, "You're gonna be singing 16 bars of since you've been gone." And like they have this funny back and forth, like the announcers like throughout the show, where like like the McLovin and like the other guy are like, "If I could sing a lick, I could." But I hate myself every day for it. It's like these guys just want to be part of the crew, and they're like, "We'll just organize everything," I guess. Then he like is while he's like kind of talking about acapella, he tells them that his like quote here is so funny. It's like, but if you think that there's this is just some high school club where you can sing and dance your way through any big social issue or confuse sexuality, you have come to the wrong place. (laughs) There is none of that here. That's Mm -hmm. high school. The shit is real life. Mm. So good. Very much a a slight at Glee for sure. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. It's not just slight at glee he's like we want nothing to do with glee mm-hmm. we are serious yeah. aka people mm-hmm. okay before we get into the montage of the audition i have a huge bone to pick with the soundtrack and i'm going to air my grievances out yeah. on the air yeah number one the 
pitch perfect like spotify and like the cd soundtrack is not the same as the like movie recording like they oh. polish it up like oh. they you if you want to hear like the real audition song with like all the people like singing badly like in between you have to go to youtube to like watch oh. it and it's so annoying because i like to hear when everyone is doing all of like their bad riffs and like the quiet singing and like the weird like yodeling <laughs> singing like i love it all but you can't just listen to that on spotify so spotify if you're listening please mm. amend this issue i've been having since 2014 yeah spotify get it together or we're removing our <laughs> podcast from your platform and we know we drive you a lot of business <laughs> so this is that would be a big l so this is a threat yeah <laughs> it's like taylor swift taking off her music mm-hmm. we have the same amount of influence so. <laughs> it's so funny yeah mm. so that's my bone to pick. So for people that are listening to the songs along with the podcast, go to YouTube yeah. after you listen to the podcast. And listen there to we that. go. It's very good. Yes. So then we get the audition montage where the auditionees come in. And of course, Bumper makes this joke about Aubrey blowing chunks all over the stage last year. And Aubrey's like, well, I promise you that we'll be back on that stage at the ICCAs this year. And they kick off the auditions with Cynthia Rose, who everyone thinks is a guy at first until she like takes off her hat. Oh, not a dude. Not a not a dude. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. Could this be more 2012? Yeah. Right. A woman <laughs> with short hair. <gasps> the horror. The horror. <laughs> so a bunch of people audition, including Benji, we get fat Amy, Lily, Onakamura, and a girl named Stacy comes on stage. And Chloe and Aubrey are like, oh, they're all excited because she's very thin. And she's like, I, my hobbies include cuticle care and e-network. And I'm like, Same. Uh, <laughs> I loved like the 2012 e-network. The way I would oh watch gosh. that, just like exclusively have it on um, – it was channel 49. Just, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm watching E! News. I'm watching E! True Hollywood Stories. I'm watching The Fashion Police. My girl Juliana Rancic is out here. Mm-hmm. Jason Kennedy, he's on the scene. He's getting the news. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ryan Seacrest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Joel McHale on The Soup. That was also happening. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so Stacy starts singing absolutely horrible. And Jesse sings He Kills His Audition. And Benji is great, too, but the troublemakers are already, like, turned off because they think he's so weird. Mm-hmm. And the auditions finish. But then Chloe sees Becca in the wings, and she's like, oh, my God. Like, she's excited to see her here. And she comes on stage. But she does say, like, oh, I didn't know you had to prepare this song. Um, and Chloe's like, don't worry. You can sing whatever you'd like. So Becca really takes it upon herself to make it her own and sits at the edge of the stage. She takes the cup of like pens and pencils that are on the audition desk and dumps it out and does the iconic, iconic, truly immortal iconic. cup song. Name a more iconic song that relates to cups. You can't. You can't. It's mm-hmm. there's, This is it. This is the number one. The way – Everyone I knew in high school was like, I can actually, um, I can do the cup song and then <laughs> just would try and fail at doing the cup song. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. They were going to do, I don't know if you guys had this as like a fact that for like the, what you're going to say, but originally they wanted to do my little teapot. Like I'm a little teapot. And she was like, I think I know how to do like this thing. Like I'd rather do this other thing. Like, can I try this instead? And then they like did the thing and like the cup song and they were like, wow, this is way better than just going up there and like fucking around and singing like I'm a little teapot. So yeah. mm-hmm. 10 out of 10, Anna Kendrick. <laughs> I know she also like recorded it too and it was like a single because I used to see the music video on like MTV all the time. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Like, on the radio and stuff. Yeah. My little teapot or like I'm a little teapot, that would have been a little too so random 2010s. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so random. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This song, I don't like – the rendition of this song, obviously all the songs are done really well. And like, we'll talk about when we get to the end, but like Jesse specifically in this song, I love, like he's like doing little bits in between what he's saying. He's like, yeah. since you've been gone. Oh, it's high. Oh, it's, it's really high like, actually. Yeah. Really? Jesus. <laughs> and he's like out of sight, out of mind. Like his like, oh, riff yeah. and everything is so He's so good. good. God, he's voice talent. like butter. God. My goodness. I know. He's so, so good. Like warm syrup running down my chest. Oh, sorry. We're talking about the movie. <laughs> 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 to oh everyone listening, gosh. this will just be three hours of us thirsting after Jesse. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So after the audition, the Bellas gather up their new girls for initiation. They, like, pull, like, scars off of all their heads where they're, like, the Sopranos. It's like um, Jessica prisoners of war over here. Yeah. And they're, like, taking the bags off of their heads. It's crazy. And, like, everyone's, like, so excited. And, like, Anna Kendrick is, like, what the fuck yeah. is going on? <laughs> yeah. So she introduces the Sopranos, which is Jessica, Mary Elise, and Lily. I'm like, Lily literally does not speak higher than like <laughs> 0.5 of a decibel. Um, we have Cynthia Rose, Stacy, and Corey as the Mezzos, Fat Amy, Denise, Ashley, and Becca as the Altos. So Chloe then gives them a goblet to drink from. And Aubrey's like, it is the blood of the ancestors who came before you. <laughs> And Becca's like, whoa, like, what the fuck? I'm not drinking that. And Chloe's just like, don't worry. It's Boone's Farm. So (laughs) she takes a sip. (laughs) Meanwhile, the troublemakers have their little initiation where they also pull bags off of their heads. And we see that the new members are Jesse and Coleo. Benji didn't make the cut. And even Jesse's like, oh, man, like, no Benji. No Benji. I know. I'm like, no Benji. No, no Benji. So rough. so sad. He was good. He was. He was. Also, the other guy that they picked looks like the generic brand version of Jesse. Like, they have almost the same face. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, one of the other guys that's already in the troubles also kind of looks like him. Mm -hmm. And the only way you can tell them apart is, like, this new guy wears like a weird fedora the whole time and yeah. the other guy just doesn't but like they look so similar like every white yeah. male tenor i've ever seen in my life <laughs> so the bellas then make the ladies take an oath and they have to you know promise to pledge themselves to the bellas etc cetera, etc cetera. they also have to promise to never have sexual relations with a troublemaker or may their vocal mm-hmm. cords be ripped out by wolves crazy <laughs> which is a lot. And yeah. Chloe is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe like we did it. And Aubrey's like, did we? She's a little worried. <laughs> did, we? did we do it? <laughs> did we? Did we? 
<laughs> um, so the Bellas go to an Aka party with all the other Aka people. The Trebles are also <laughs> celebrating. Um, Becca is so standoffish. It's so funny. Like Jesse comes up to her. He's and trying so hard. I feel like he's trying so hard. And specifically, like, because my name is Becca and this movie was so popular, the amount of times people would call out to me, like, Becca! Oh yeah, <laughs> because of this movie was like it was. I feel like for a while, like that was the only way people referred wow. to me. <laughs> you deserve financial compensation, right? For this film. <laughs> it's like, why am I like drunk at a party and people are like cawing at me? Oh my um, gosh! But so he comes over. He's like jumping over like the ledge just to like get up and see her. He's so committed to just like being her friend and like keep flirting with her it's absolutely crazy he really takes a shining to her absolutely yeah. absolutely even though she's being so off-putting in right. every she interaction nothing to do with him yeah. like give some jesse love please he's like you're gonna be one of those aka girls and i'm gonna be one of those aka boys and we can have aka babies and she's like get me the fuck out of here <laughs> <laughs> so he offers to get her a drink which 10 out of 10 keep this girl hydrated Mm -hmm. and then like aubrey is like mad because aubrey is always fucking mad so she's just like like does she not want to like flirt with anybody like does she not want to have fun at this party like she's always eyes on becca like she's Mm -hmm. like so obsessed with becca chloe comes over and it's all of a sudden drunk like i feel like she i'm like like, you just got there three seconds (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) she's like we're gonna be fast friends i'm gonna go get my jiggle juice and i'm like you're already drunk like we arrived five seconds ago Mm -hmm. we see this i feel like we get a lot of like in the scene dynamics between like the characters so we see Mm -hmm. bumper and donnell who are uh on the side they're like literally nobody's talking to them but they're having this like weird joke about like who would be harder to sleep with a great white shark i think it's like is it superman or a great white shark or something yeah captain america or a great white shark um so fat amy tells aubrey that since there's 10 of them statistically one of them needs to be a lesbian and aubrey is like who do you think it is and then it cuts to stacy asking cynthia rose to hold her hair back if she pukes and cynthia is straight up just staring at her tits yeah and like aubrey and Fat Amy are just like, mm, probably them. Yeah. So Tommy, the guy from the audition um, who can't sing, plays like music and everyone is like, I think they play like, you got to keep your head up. Yeah. They're like, got to oh. keep your head up. Whoa. Yeah. Got to keep your head up. Yeah. And just everyone gets so excited because they're going to sing to the song. And I'm like, <laughs> it's, it's already, it's like so reminiscent of theater school. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Then Fat Amy actually comes over to talk to Bumper, and he's like, okay, you are the grossest human I've ever seen. I'm thinking maybe we kiss. And Fat Amy's like, hmm, sometimes I feel like I should – I can't do her accent. Sometimes I feel like I should do crystal meth, and then I think, hey, better not. Mm, Better not. (laughs) Better Better not. not. This, I feel like, is maybe – I don't know. I'm gonna. I feel like I'm gonna say that a lot, but this is one of the most quoted Definitely, lines. I feel yeah. like yeah. of the movie. Oh yeah. Like this one. There's a couple that I say that like maybe are like lesser known, but like this one specifically, I feel like had the biggest hold, at least on the people I knew. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. I heard this yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 
they keep singing to Gotta Keep Your Head Up, and Benji is just in his Aww. dorm overhearing everything, and he's like, Gotta Keep Your Head Up, <laughs> as he's pulling a scarf from his hand. Oh, tragic is, the tragedy of Benji it is so tragic because like you feel you just feel so bad for him but like also you're like you're a bit weird but like doesn't mean people have to like bully you yeah <laughs> yeah he's a nice guy he's not hurting anyone except maybe that like mouse yeah that's a little <laughs> concerning for sure <laughs> so we then go to the first Bart and Bella's rehearsal and Aubrey has to tell them that Corey was treble boned last night. So she is now no longer part of the group. She takes it very seriously. And Becca's just like, <laughs> wait, that was for real? And <laughs> Aubrey says it was dead serious. And Stacy says this is not going to be easy for her and like gestures to her crotch and says, he's a hunter. Yeah. He's a hunter. You call it a dude? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Aubrey tells them that the trebles don't respect them, and if they let them penetrate them, then they're giving them more power. And if that Amy does go, not a good enough excuse to use the word penetrate. I agree a hundred percent. There's mm-hmm. nothing that's such an awkward phrase thing. Yeah. So she asks if anyone else has anything they need to confess, and Mary Elise looks very guilty. And she does confess and says it was an accident, but Aubrey just tells her to hand in her scarf and leave. And we have to watch as she like sadly drags her chair to the door. So Becca asks if that was really necessary. And Aubrey says that this is war and it's her job to make sure that her soldiers are prepped. There's only four months until regionals. And then she starts like gagging and everyone's just like, oh, what's up? What's going on? And Chloe gets her to like (laughs) calm down and says they don't want to repeat of what happened last year. And then Lily very, very quietly goes, what happened last year? And do you guys want to see a dead body? (laughs) Lily has low-key some of the best lines in this movie. Mm -hmm. And like everyone's just like, what? I ate my twin in the room. I ate my twin in the womb. I said fires to feel joy. I believe it because I'm a – I have feels like a fish. Yeah. Yeah. so good so then the ladies gather around they watch the video from last year but from the perspective of somebody sitting in like the second row in the splash zone really awful yeah yeah i like i like when they that they actually like went and filmed it because a lot of movies would just have like played the scene that we already saw Mm -hmm. so i'm glad that we saw it from like the disgusting yes watching it on an ipad so 2012 (laughs) yeah totally totally So Aubrey's like, that's enough, and hands them a list of songs that they've ever performed, which were only um, songs made famous by women. And Becca's like, there's nothing from this century on here. And she's like, that's because we don't stray from tradition. And in this moment, I want to punch Aubrey in the fucking face. (laughs) Um, Mm. So then Aubrey floats over the whiteboard, and she's like, this is our plan to become champions. And it's insane. (laughs) It's psychotic. And then we like cut to like, let's go to the beach. Let's beach, get away. Beach, let's, let's get, get away. away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Ugh. there's a montage of the girls doing these like vocal noises, like learning how to make the backup noises. They're running around the bleachers. Aubrey notices that Amy like laying down. She's like, what are you doing? She's like, it's horizontal running. <laughs> horizontal running. <laughs> they practice walking in heels. <laughs> 
Um, Chloe tries to work with like Stacy on her inability to just keep her hands off of her body as she sings and like Mm. make a normal face (laughs) and they like rehearse the choreo there's a lot of work to be done and at the end Aubrey calls the rehearsal and I think Lily's like I has to be three hours ago (laughs) (laughs) and Becca's like did we just learn the same choreography from the video we watched earlier? And yeah, I'm like, it's no performance team should be doing the same thing year after year. No, like, right. that's a very right. clear faux pas. So sure. But like, that doesn't make any sense. And um, Aubrey reminds them. Aubrey reminds the team to pick up their performance schedule and mentions that they have a performance next week for a frat mixer. And she has them put their hands in together and do like the ah, but it's insanely off key. Everyone's starting at a different time. Like it's just not in unison. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So once everybody is skedaddling off, Aubrey calls back Becca and is like, by the way, you're going to have to take your gauges out for the performance. And Becca's just like, you don't really like me, do you? And Aubrey says, I don't like your attitude, which is fair. Becca does have a bad attitude. Becca has a really yeah. bad attitude. And it's like, it's crazy because it's like, why do you want to be there? Like, I obviously know why you want right. to be there. But it's like, you don't want to be a little bit happier. Yeah. Not a little bit happier. Yeah. 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 And also Aubrey calls her earrings her ear monstrosities yeah. which i was not funny so i had to mention yeah <laughs> so uh, she also says that she knows she has a toner for jesse and she's like Kills a me. toner and she's like yeah a boner a toner becca's like first of all i don't have a toner and second of all you're not the boss of me besides you just kicked out two girls today so i think you need me a lot more than i need you she's not wrong yeah. And then on her way out, Aubrey just yells, I can see your toner through those jeans. And Becca says, yeah, that's my dick. And then walks on out. So Aubrey is pissed off and tells Chloe right. that they better have their shit together. And Chloe's like, don't worry. We got it. We're going to be totally fine. We're going to be aka awesome. And they're like, <laughs> cut to mixer with nobody is turn it around turn it around turn turn it around turn it around it's so bad it's so bad like all the songs they choose are abysmal like i get that they're trying to yeah like it's just elevator music yeah like gut-wrenching it's like you're all so talented why are you singing turn it around dressed as flight attendants at a frat yeah, party? Why the flight attendant uniforms? Like, that's my main know. question. Where it's did so, that come from? It looks so like 19, I don't know, like Pan 80s? Am flight attendant. Yeah. yeah. 70s? Yeah. 80s? I don't know. And also, like, so they're here at this, like, fall mixer. But, like, I, we didn't really have, like, a frat thing at, like, in no. Canada. It's not really a thing. But, like, no scenario where I'm picturing, like, any people hiring acapella girlies to like sing at their party where they could just like plug in their iPod. I was wondering the same. I was like, oh, it's because they were like hot. Like they were considered like the hot just a girl yeah, group. Girls. And so okay. it was more of just like a we want to have hot girls singing. Yeah. In business yeah. casual. In business attire. In business attire. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so they go to this mixer. They're not singing together. The choreo's not together. They're, like, practically knocking each other over. 
and Howie, like the main frat guy, comes up and like goes to talk to them. And Aubrey apologizes to him, and he's like, "This isn't the <laughs> I wanted the hot Bellas, not this barnyard explosion." Like, Damn. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> Sir, take a step back as if you just <laughs> called them a barnyard explosion. Brutal. 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 So then <laughs> they walk out and Aubrey is criticizing the team because, of course, she is. And she's like, Chloe, for serious, you didn't sound, uh, you didn't sound Aguilarian at all. <laughs> and <laughs> this scene kills me because, well, we'll get to it. They, like, treat her like she has cancer and she does not have cancer. She has nodes and so that's what she tells which is the rubbing together of your vocal cord at above average rates without proper lubrication and Chloe's like they sit on your windpipes and they crush your dreams I have seen people act like this when they get nodes really (laughs) it's crazy (laughs) yeah and then people were like well why are you still singing then Chloe and she's like I love to sing and I I'm living with nodes. And I'm just gonna have to deal with that. Like the way she says it's like I'm she's a survivor so, of nodes. I'm a survivor. I am I just need to understand that I am limited. She like announces every syllable of that word. Brittany oh Snow's she's a hilarious lady. Brittany mm-hmm. Snow, I feel like I always forget that it is Brittany Snow because she's a ginger in this yeah, movie. Yeah, right. Like, it's so crazy. So I feel like I have like, face blindness when she has like the red hair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And like the, between this and Hairspray, like her voice is so good. But like she never did, as far as I know, like a full singing career like Hillary or Lindsay. Did she? Because like I, I feel like she so. could have. She could have. Yeah. She's so yeah. iconic. I can't remember if it was for – I think it was when she was doing press for this movie – and there was like an interviewer that was just so ill prepared and asked her, they were like, oh, have you ever done like any singing or anything like this before? And she was just like, well, I was in Hairspray. <laughs> Yikes. So yeah, I have. I've done musicals before. And the interviewer was like, I'm... oh, yeah, totally. Brutal. Yeah. So we cut to the radio station where Becca is working, and of course, Jesse is flirting with her. He's like holding up different records in front of his face and making faces, and she like does crack a smile, and I'm like, whoa. Yeah, she can't help herself. Mm-hmm. So Luke comes out, and he asks Jesse to get him lunch. Jesse's clearly like feeling like he's in competition with this guy, and I'm like, newsflash, <laughs> Becca doesn't like anyone, Yeah, so you're fine. <laughs> But he's like, oh, yeah, you should uh, probably lay off the burgers. And Luke is like, um, I don't know. Do you think so? And, like, lifts up his shirt to reveal just the most chiseled six-pack. So many abs. Mm -hmm. And he's like, the chest match continues. (laughs) So (laughs) they're like, are you fine? And he's like, Becca's like. He's fine. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. So Jesse leaves to get lunch, and Becca gives Luke her new mix, which he promptly adds to his pile of other mixes she has given him. And we don't get like any real explanation for that or an explanation for why he decides to start playing her mixes. Okay, that's in the deleted scenes. I like. Okay, that makes a lot of sense because it it seems so pointless to show us. There's a lot of like radio, like. I feel like half of the deleted scenes is like radio like stuff and Benji stuff mm. and why he starts playing the mixes. So like after 
jumping ahead here spoilers for those who haven't seen the movie but like after they get like eliminated becca goes to like this thing that uh he had invited her to like a gig somewhere Mm -hmm. like they're like listening to like whatever they're listening to like a concert and they're talking and he admits that like the only reason he started listening to her mixes is because jesse kept bothering him to do so so it's like jesse was like just i guess like bugging him to do it so that's why he did it and he like admits that to her and she's like oh Oh, that's and i was such a dick to him right (laughs) yeah and this is after like there are like this like this conversation takes place while they're like in the fight later so she's kind of like oh cool yeah (laughs) great yeah mubby yeah in the movie they just make it seem like it's like oh one day he just decided to like what listen to like all 300 of the usbs Mm -hmm. which like in 2012 were like kind of expensive yeah i'm like you're just handing out usbs left and right yeah that's a lot yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) so we then cut over to the quad where becca is once again working on another mix and jesse comes on over with his little blanket and he pulls out all these dvds he pulls out jaws et the breakfast club star wars rocky and he says these are all the best scored and soundtracked movies of all time and talks about how what his dream is is he wants to score movies you know he wants to bring people to tears blow their minds and only music can do that he's very passionate about it very and becca's just like wow that must like sweep your girlfriend off her feet he's like I do not have a GF. Like, I am single. I'm ready to mingle Mm -hmm. and only with you because you're my girlfriend in my mind. And he doesn't say any of that, but context clues. And she makes fun of him for having all these movies and, like, the juice pouches. (laughs) And he's like, you know. Her line delivery is so good. She's like, but you've got juice pouches in Rocky. (laughs) (laughs) So she suggests that they do something else like relive her parents' divorce or go to the gynecologist because that would be more preferable to her than (laughs) watching a film. So he's asked if she doesn't like movies or something and she doesn't and says that normally she just gets bored and she doesn't make it to the end because they're all so predictable and he's like, Absurd. absolutely not. This is insane. I'm going to give you a movie education. I got you. You need a movie vacation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's so cute. He's this is so my charming. <laughs> I'm like, if this man wants to teach me about movies that I've seen a million times, I will sit there like a dum-dum and listen and be yeah. like, wow, <laughs> you're so smart. <laughs> so absolutely. she asks when he's going to do that because she's in Bella rehearsals 24-7. And he's like, oh, you guys preparing for the riff off and she says what the hell is a riff off cut to okay so this scene is cut to literally cut to this scene is my favorite jesse scene like this mm. scene like i feel like the rest of it it's like yeah i'm in love with you but like this scene like solidifies it for me probably because i'm also like a movie person mm. he's like spewing movie facts yeah. he's like i love star wars i love breakfast club which i also love yeah and um, in the scene, she's like Vader's father. Like that's how I predicted the ending. Mm-hmm. But like in real life, um, Vader with like a T is father in like German. But Vader spelled like in the movie mm-hmm. with a D is father in Dutch, uh, which is like always on like facts where it's like movie mistakes. It's yeah. like in oh yeah, nail them. Sins. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's like full blown like one of those. But yeah, yeah this scene like fully locks in my love for jesse yeah if i was like a college freshman and this like cutie guy is like so interested in me and putting in all this effort are you kidding me 
Like, how is she not, how is she resisting Like, the bar this? is honestly already so low mm-hmm. that even totally. just him being like, hey, I am willing to plan a thing we can do together. I'd be like. <sighs> yeah. When I think about, yeah. like, the people I met in the first presumably three months of freshman year mm-hmm. and, like the guys that like I was into or like was hooking up with like there's no like the bar the bar is literally in hell and then he's like let me pick all of your favorite movies to watch with you like I'm gonna kill myself yeah and I'm like we're just here at 18 hanging on hoping for a you up text coming through at some point (laughs) so true absolutely it's so bad um but yes so cut to the riff off Mm. which I have fun facts about. Yeah. Because this is, if I would say probably my most listened to song Mm -hmm. on like the Mm -hmm. soundtrack. Um, So the riff off originally had 17 songs, but because budget, Mm -hmm. they had to cut it down to eight, um, which I guess makes sense. Cause like you're, like you said, like it's the most expensive part of the movie. Um, They also shot it at 3am in the winter in an abandoned pool. Oh my God. (laughs) um so that sucks and there's a whole bunch of like benji scenes that were shot like he tried to like come and like stand with like the trebles and like uh bumper was like no you gotta get out of the pool like you're not one of us like and so that's why he's like sitting on the edge and like the whole time he's like cheering and stuff it's so cute and then Cynthia Rose, which we'll talk about, she is actually the writer of snm which is why she's like the one singing it. That's so cool. Yeah, so so, like that's like she sings a song she like wrote it it's just like a fun little like nod Mm. so Mm -hmm. the riff off let's get into the riff off this is probably the most iconic thing that like people remember from perfect is this riff off and they try to like recreate in the other movies and it's just not the same Mm -hmm. so let's just jump on in so justin I forgot that that was his name. Justin announces the prize for winning the riff off, which is a microphone used by Hoobasang when they rocked into the Sea Performing Arts Center. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the way they say it. Um, so the first category is ladies of the 80s. And if you like pause the movie, you can see all the other categories, which are like ladies of the 80s, songs about sex, black Michael Jackson, white Michael Jackson, oh Christian rock, um, ugly lean singers. What else do I have written down here? Famous duets, party rock anthems, songs ruined by Glee. Oh my god! <laughs> no, of course. Um, so they start off with "Ladies of the '80s" and Bumper beats Aubrey to the first song, which is "Oh Mickey, You're So Fine," and then they like all harmonize. So then the BU harmonics take over with "Like a Virgin." Um, Aubrey jumps in with "Hit Me with Your Best Shot." It's very fun. Like, they're mm-hmm. all, like, jumping in. In the, like, deleted scenes, they, like, explain how the riff-off works. But, like, you don't really need to know. You just, like, yeah. take the last word and yeah. continue on. Then um, the high notes try and jump in with... <laughs> I'm not even sure what this, like, song is. It's, like, but they, like, it's are, from like, um, Must have been Pretty Woman. It plays oh. in, like, the very sad sequence. Yeah. Okay, okay. That makes more sense. Um, but they're, like, it must have been love. But it's over now. <laughs> and the Justin guy cuts them off and is just like, Stony Baloney, you've been cut, cut off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he announces the next category, which is songs about sex. 
and everybody's like Aubrey's face is like sex <gasps> what could there be a song about sex um so then Cynthia Rhodes jumps in singing S&M aka the song that she wrote yeah and then uh Donald jumps in and they take over with let's talk about sex baby and it's so good yeah like, the way that they like jump in it's so cute yeah the couples just like own this rip the off. Yeah. are actually really good they are they're so good the bellas take it back with i'll make love to you like you want me to mm. and i guess that's just the woman in you <laughs> brings up the man in me and jesse's song like the way he sings it oh, is so good so it like good. gives me chills when i watch it yeah um and he's he's just and he like is holding his jacket out he's like like smoothing the crowd singing He's directly like, oh, to becca oh my gosh at lots of charm there lots of charm it's mm-hmm. full charm and like his just like the way he has like riff of his voice is just so good yeah anyways that's my favorite part of the whole movie i'm glad i got to talk about this yeah. part. <laughs> so as the riff off continues becca is looking over kind of coyly while jesse gets into it and she decides to run out and begins rapping No Diggity. And the rap intro is pretty long and the girls are kind of confused. But then Becca starts singing like the song part of it. And Fat Amy joins her. And the girls like really get into the R&B song. And Jesse has a toner (laughs) and everyone gets into it except Aubrey she's like kind of confused but like it's the first time that we see them singing together and being really cohesive and spontaneous and when they finish the song Becca's like you're welcome but (laughs) they are cut off because Becca started with it's instead of it and the troublemakers actually win this is such a bullshit rule like it yeah. is part of it. it's like you're being a little brat justin mm-hmm. mclovin definitely McLovin. Yeah. like it's so it's so annoying and it's like the first time that like all the girls are like listening to each other and like they're working in tandem and like they're reading off of each other and they feel like and a the family whole crowd is in it too the yeah. Fam- like yeah the whole crowd is so living for it and aubrey is like being a little shit in the back it wasn't sang by a woman from 1970 so right so bumper tells fat amy to enjoy watching them at the iccas on regional tv <laughs> on a regional and, cable affiliate yeah <laughs> And Aubrey tells the Bellas to make a list of everything they did wrong today. Becca's like, wait, we just did something awesome. But Aubrey is like, "Um, we still lost. But Becca tries to like tell her that it was spontaneous and they were listening to each other, which they've clearly had a hard time doing. Mm -hmm. And Aubrey cuts her off and asks for hands in. But the Bellas can't figure out when to say, like, the ah. It's like on three or after three or whatever. Mm. So they're back to their uh, disjointed state. Yeah. This is, like, of, like, 
all the lines in Pitch Perfect, this is the line that like I quote the most, which is so stupid and so little. But like Stacy says, "Why can't we figure this out?" And I always mm. say it like in her cadence. Yeah. I yeah. love love it. There's this TikTok I saw like oh, it was probably a year ago or something where this guy was like, "Oh, what's this random obscure line that you always quote from a movie that no one ever mm-hmm. gets?" And for him, it was from this movie and it's when the dad goes no not tonight when they're like getting in the car (laughs) so when it came up in this movie i was thinking about that he's like no not tonight such a good one (laughs) no not tonight (laughs) so we then go over to becca's dorm and jesse and her hanging out and she's showing him her mixes so like the relationship is developing and he listens Bonding. to it and he's like, wow, it's really good. And then he's like, okay, I want to show you something now. So he pulls out his little Breakfast Club DVD and says he brought it so she can watch the end of the movie and he can die a hero. So he puts it on. They're like sitting on the bed together. It's like so brought me back to being in college, like hanging out on your dorm bed, like watching yeah, a movie yeah. with a boy. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. he explains how Don't You Forget About Me launched Simple Minds in the US and like it could have been a Billy Idol song, but he turned it down and it just like perfectly sums up the movie. And he's so invested in just watching like the final minute of this film and she's looking over at him and he's like, <gasps> oh, you're going to miss the end of the movie. And she's like, yeah, yeah, sure. So she looks back and then he's looking at her. It's very cute. The chemistry is chem- chemistring currently. Yeah. Chemistring. <laughs> so as they're looking at each other, they almost kiss, but then she pulls away at the last second and like they pause the movie and then Kimmy Jin walks in and they're this like, is where I riot. They're like, oh, the white girl's back. And he's like, that's my cue to leave. And <laughs> out he goes. Ugh, this is such, because it's like, he's like wants it they're like looking at each other it's just like so so much chemistry and also like the breakfast club song is like playing which is even better and originally they had like wanted to do this movie as like say anything like the john cusack one with like the boombox and like they had casted jesse one of the reasons why they cast him was because he's like unassuming and kind of looks like john cusack which i don't think he does but like that was like their reasoning the vibe yeah the vibe yeah and like Oh, and then just like Kimmy Jen, the white girl's back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like she was low key racist to you, so yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah, well deserved. Um, okay, so the Bellas are finishing their song in rehearsal, where they're like, "Turn around, turn around," and we have to hear this damn song again. <laughs> again. <laughs> and and Aubrey's like, "Turn around, turn around, turn around, turn around," mm-hmm. because of her voice. And she's like, Aubrey gets mad at her for not singing it. And then Chloe's like, I can't. It's because of, and everyone's like, her nodes. It's her nodes. Her nodes, her nodes. Her nodes. Everyone knows about the nodes. So then Chloe suggests that someone else takes the solo, specifically Becca. And Fat Amy is like, yeah, that's a good idea. Except maybe it could be someone else. And they were too shy to say that maybe they wanted to solo. (laughs) (laughs) And like, she looks side eye, like says it. It's so cute. Oh, yeah. So then Aubrey talks to Becca about it. And Becca's like, yeah, I'll do it if I can, like, pick a new song and, like, do a whole arrangement for it. And Aubrey's like, well, that's not how we do things here. (laughs) Um, Immediately shut down. Like, immediately, like, shut down. It is a pretty bold thing, though, to be like, yeah, I'll do the solo if we can completely do an entirely different song and learn it from scratch. Imagine being cast, like, the lead in the musical and be like, actually, I want that other song. (laughs) Yeah, as a freshman. 
as a freshman, as a freshman who's not even like truly been in a competition, which is like true, but also annoying because Aubrey's annoying. Yeah. Um. So then Chloe tries again to be like, hey, like maybe we could do something different. And Aubrey is like, the goal is to get to finals and these songs are going to get them there because she's delusional obviously yeah. <laughs> um it's like we're not gonna take advice from some alt girl with her madly beeps who's never even been in a competition before which is partially fair and then becca's like fine i won't solo and then fat amy is like aubrey calls fat amy and fat amy's like sir <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we fast forward to competition day becca looks at herself in the mirror and she's in like the flight attendant Bella's uniform (laughs) just not feeling like herself you know yeah so they go to the southeastern regional competition where Gail and John are announcing apparently they do the ICCAs and just specifically the southeast regional competition (laughs) (laughs) so the first team on stage is the Sokka fellas and they are using sock puppets which some of the Bellas find to be interesting and different, but Aubrey is like, oh, there's no craft to that. Like, it's so weird. And poor Benji, we see him in the audience just like yearning to be on stage. The Bellas are next and they do their like, put their hands in, ah, on three, but it's not perfectly together, which is just like foreshadowing mm-hmm. kind of for what's about to happen. But the Bellas take the stage and John is surprised that they aren't the typical like nubile fresh-faced girls he's seen before and Gail's like be careful you're walking a thin line (laughs) (laughs) and she's like it's refreshing and displeasing to the eye (laughs) so brutal (laughs) so brutal Oh my gosh. So the Bellas start singing once again. I saw the sign by Ace of Base. And I saw the sign. Yeah. Uh, but they're like weird little gestures. So they're singing it again. This time, though, Aubrey manages to not puke on her solo. So things are going a little better. They then move on to the second portion of the set, which is Eternal Flame. Again, everybody is incredibly bored. And then they transition into their final song, which is a very, like, jarring jump into Turn the Beat Around. Yeah. Fat Amy does her solo and everybody loves because she's like making it her own and giving some personality and like dancing around and people are really into it in the crowd despite it being like incredibly jarring on the ears all the background vocals (laughs) so yeah people are into it Aubrey is pissed because it's not you know what she had in mind but Chloe finds it exciting and by the end of the song Fat Amy ends up like ripping off her jacket tearing open her shirt the crowd they're into it they really go for it so she's so fun (laughs) yeah she really gives it her all in this performance and definitely gail does comment on the fact that turn it around is kind of you know dated she remembers singing it with her acapella group back in the day they were called the menstrual cycles cycles. (laughs) dead absolutely dead (laughs) so they head off stage and um Jesse makes like a heart gesture to Becca and Aubrey notices she clocks that. So 
It's not going to end well for Becca. It's not going to end well. Um, <laughs> so when they announce the troubles, uh, they talk about how Bumper just announced a <laughs> new line of sports sandals, which always kills me. It's like, what the fuck are sports sandals? <laughs> Um, so they get on the stage with like an immediate oh you turn my head right it's so good there's also i want everyone the next time that they're watching there's one guy with a baseball cap that makes the most absurd faces when he's singing and once you see it you will not unsee it and he starts here and then in the final performance it's so obnoxious but like it's very fun to watch um (laughs) <laughs> so they sing right round which gail notes makes her feel makes her need to freshen up the downtown oh and then john is like can i help <laughs> yeah. which is also brutal. and it's such a quick cutaway after he's like can i help and then right. he just jump right over <laughs> can i help and it's like and it just like keeps going yeah the song. um so jesse and donald saying their poor performance is so so yeah. good they're like it you understand why like they're eons better than everybody else performing yeah oh, it's yeah. like stock puppets and then like these people like obviously <laughs> these people are gonna be yeah. so much better so then the judges announced that Sacapella's come in third the barton bells come in second mm-hmm. and then obviously the troublemakers come in first bumper takes the trophy and benji is just Aww. sad and just like cheering from the side yeah. r.i.p he's just so cute he's so supportive he he's is. just so supportive such a sweetheart and after the competition, we like go to the lobby area where a group called the Tones, they're four older guys, including like Donald Faison and um, Joe Latruglia. Yeah. And just like other comedic actors. Mm-hmm. And they're like middle aged, I guess you could say. Yeah. So yeah. Bumper comes down and he starts making fun of, him, of them and just like, uh, you're so old like i'm like that's gonna be you yeah are you kidding me yeah you're looking at your future buddy right he spoilers he's singing with them in part two i think (gasps) oh Oh, yeah in like the riff off scene where they're like the underground riff off it's very funny yeah oh (laughs) doesn't bumper have his own movie now did that yeah they made like a tv show called bumper i can't remember what it's called bumper something and i didn't watch it because I was like, none of the other characters I like are in it. But I've like heard like mixed to poor things mm-hmm. about it. But if anyone has watched it, please let us know. Yeah. <laughs> so after he like makes fun of him, one of the guys is like, do you want to fight? Do you want to fight? And he's like, "Um, you know, I would. But I like I pulled my quad performing. <laughs> but Rubs his full oblique. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like they pick a fight. And so – they begin like fighting, and then Joe Latruglia like begs Jesse to hit him. He's like, I just want to feel something. And they're going back and forth, and Becca takes it upon herself to like come over. I'm like, no one asked you to do that, but sure. And no. she tries to help Jesse, but just ends up like punching Joe Latruglia in the face, which he likes. He's like, This yeah. is amazing. He's and living then for this. Yeah. yeah. He asks Fat Amy to kick him in the balls, which she gladly does. But like I think like they think that they're still fighting, but like he's enjoying it immensely. Mm-hmm. And Fat Amy is like trying to get the trophy to shove it up his ass. But 
And Becca's like, stop, like, don't do that. And he's like, oh, the cherry on top. <laughs> and instead of it going there, the trophy just gets teared apart, smashes, absolutely blasted, decimates yeah. the window. And there's just a cop, like, somehow right outside. He's ticketing the car, like, the old people's, Their like, van. group, like, oh, van. Oh, shit. He's the ticketing tones. them yeah. for, like, parking in a parking or something. And then he just, like, happens to be like, I guess I'll go check this out because, like, there's a <laughs> right. whole window smash. <laughs> yeah. And he, we see him, like, walking forward. But everyone runs off. And Becca's just, like, left standing there with this this piece of the trophy in her hand. Yeah, she ends up getting, like, arrested and put in jail where she has to be bailed out, which is, yeah, crazy. Crazy. So Jesse waits for Becca outside the police station, you know, they let her go, and he's like, oh, hey there, Hillary Swank from Million Dollar Baby, and (laughs) she thanks him for bailing her out, but he's like, oh, actually, I didn't. He called her dad, and that's who bailed her out. So her dad is really pissed off and Becca is really pissed off that Jesse called her dad. But I'm like, you're a teenager who got arrested. Right? Yeah. What is what he supposed do? to do? I'm sorry. Does Jesse have radio station money to yeah. bail her out of county jail? No. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So Jesse explains that like he was just trying to help. You know, I'm the only one who's here for you right now yeah. and she's like i didn't ask you to be you know you're not my Ooh. boyfriend and i'm like Ooh. stop yelling Ooh. at him scathing <sighs> yeah leave jesse alone so he's like stunned obviously because she's screaming at him and she tries to explain to her dad that like this was just all a misunderstanding but he doesn't listen. This is when he's like, no, not tonight. So <laughs> not tonight. <laughs> he then also tells her that he's there's no way in hell he's paying for her to move to L.A. after a stunt like this. And she places this blame on Jesse, which is unfair. Which is unfair and unfair of Papa Professor because, like, mm-hmm. he didn't even, like, listen because, like, I feel like if I ended up in jail and, like, breaking a window, like, my mom would be like, okay, but, like, why did this happen? Right. <laughs> like, you don't have a history of breaking windows and going to jail. So, like, why did this happen mm-hmm. tonight? Like, weren't you at a right. competition? Like, what the actual fuck? Yeah. It seems like, like a reach went wrong. that she would be arrested for that. Absolutely. Like, unless it was just, like, what? Like, disturbing the peace? Like, I don't understand. Destruction of also, property, I, don't I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how the American law system works. So, this then, is my yeah. knowledge of it, is movies like this. Right. <laughs> So then Becca goes back to her dorm where the Bellas are surprisingly waiting for her and she did not expect them. And Fat Amy is like, what up, Shawshank? (laughs) And then uh, Lily's like, I did a term at County. (laughs) 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 So Kimmy Jin is obviously pissed because I'm assuming it's like one in the morning and she's like, they've been here all night. It's a real inconvenience, Becca. (laughs) Which honestly, like... I support Kimmy Jin. Yeah. Becca's a bad roommate. Becca's a bad roommate, yeah. She's a terrible roommate. She's so terrible. She's so annoying. Mm -hmm. And, like, Kimmy Jin is just like, I want to make friends and pet my weird zen tree and live my college life. Mm -hmm. Um, So then Aubrey has to make everything about herself and decides to hold an emergency (laughs) meeting and tells them that the score sheet revealed that the Sacapellas almost beat them. And she reprimands Amy and was like, you have to do it exactly how we rehearsed. And Becca's like, okay, but like, I have an idea that maybe we'll spice up our team to like help us win. Um, And 
Cynthia Rose is like, well, the Trebles never sing the same song twice. Like people love the Trebles. They tolerate us. And Becca's trying to like help them. And is like, we could seriously change the face of acapella. And then she like catches herself being like, what am I saying? Mm -hmm. So she tries to show them what she's been doing on like her laptop. And like truly every time they show her laptop, like the fakest DJ mix bullshit is like CGI on her screen. Yeah. But I digress. Because like the program I use to edit this podcast, like people use it for music and stuff like that. Okay. And so when I look look at that, no, (laughs) I'm like. (laughs) This is not what it's supposed to look like. And I don't even have anything super fancy. And the sound waves are also like moving on the thing, which like isn't how recorded music works. No. Right. Like it should be like going through. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Heartbeat. (laughs) Yeah. Very strange. And so then Chloe's like, Chloe also like sometimes her, like her line delivery on this is like, I didn't know you were in this or this kind of thing. And I'm like, you are obsessed with her. Yeah. Like you want everything to do with her. Mm-hmm. So um, Chloe's like intrigued, wants to like know more about like the sound mixing. But Aubrey's like, I have the pitch pipe and we should focus on the set list because she is a little shit. So um, she pretty much tells the girls that from now on they're going to eat, sleep, breathe, rehearsal, and that everyone needs to be there at 8 a.m. next morning. Um, and even though Chloe tries to be like, this is cool, she's like, don't no. care. <laughs> Too bad. Bye, bitch. Yeah. So however many days later, um, Becca, like, runs into the radio station. Luke is finally playing one of her mixes, and he asks her to DJ the night shift during spring break, which is, like, yes. a pretty big deal, um, something she's been wanting to do. So – Luke is like, oh, there's a DJ at the garage who actually does a mix with the song and yours is like way better. Let's go to a show. And Becca's like, I can't. I have acapella semifinals. And he's like, you're an acapella? Which I think anyone would be shocked because she's so uninvolved and like demure. Yeah. And I feel like acapella is like, not a very common thing because like you have to be like good at so many different skills to like be Mm -hmm. an acapella that like even if you like music like i wouldn't immediately be like acapella oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) so jesse comes out of just nowhere and he's like yeah because you don't know becca like i do (laughs) yeah is there any like deleted scene that hints at him being interested in becca or is this just all in jesse's head (laughs) I'm like I think it's kind of all in Jesse's head like if it's anything that's like insinuated because like even when she does go with him because like I'm assuming that like this party that she goes to is like this party that like he invites her to that like so the one in the deleted scenes like he just kind of like leaves her like they're talking for a little bit and he's like okay I'm gonna go catch up with my friends so it's not like he's like hitting on her he just like leaves her at the party that presumably she knows like nobody at so like I don't know if it's like that flirty or maybe like yeah it's like in his head or like he just like sees him as a competition like i think it's kind of just like the life that like becca wants versus Mm -hmm. like the life that like becca has and it's kind of like he represents like the dj and like the fast like hot la life and like this is the stuff that she's like enjoying and like jesse's just so much more like wholesome and chill and like acapella like I think it's supposed to, like, represent, like, that duality. Mm. Oh, my God. Pitch Perfect is so deep. Um, <laughs> the layers. But... So many layers. The layers. <laughs> the layers of Pitch Perfect. Yeah. 
yeah but there's like no like really like outwardly like hitting on her yeah no yeah yeah so then for some reason inexplicably fat amy is the one that's driving them to the semifinals in this I bus i was gonna ask this like why the fuck is she driving? the person from like yeah. australia who probably doesn't have an american driver's license no and, and is would driving drive... like a large commercial vehicle is yeah, driving on the wrong side of the road for being in australia yeah <laughs> So she, they stop at, like, a gas station. Meanwhile, the Trebles, they're in their, like, super fancy decked-out bus. They're eating burritos. And that's when they notice, like, Fat Amy filling up the tank. So Bumper's like, oh, here's my opportunity. Let me open up the window and just fucking pelt her with my burrito. This is how I flirt. Crazy. <laughs> how I flirt. This is – okay, so apparently, like, this happened to – the writer, I can't remember the writer's name, but the writer of the movie, she was on a run with like her boyfriend and like somebody threw a fucking burrito at her oh while she God. was running and she genuinely thought she got shot because of like the sound <laughs> right. and like the pressure of it hitting yeah. her. So like she wrote it into the script. Yeah. <laughs> a bit shot. Yeah. Shot. Oh my gosh. So she's freaking out that she's been <laughs> shot by this burrito. <laughs> And um, we also, again, have, like, a really weird, unsavory moment where they imply that Cynthia Rose is trying to, like, make out with her and give her mouth-to-mouth. It's, like, really unfortunate. And um, eventually they get Fat Amy back onto the bus. They're driving along. And Becca sees, like, a little bit of burrito residue behind Fat Amy's ear. (laughs) But she's like, leave it. It fuels my hate fire. And she's (laughs) driving the bus. So everybody's just kind of sitting in silence and Chloe is listening to music on her iPod and she starts singing along to Party in the USA and everybody one by one starts joining in except for Becca and then we get like Mm -hmm. to the chorus and they all look at her like, come on, Becca, join in the fun. Come on. And she does. She's like, all right, I guess I can be like the other girls for a second and starts singing so, along. I'm not like the other girls. So she, she later so on does say, like, I never had a lot of female friends. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I can tell. It's apparent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So they're all singing, having a great time until the bus slows down to a stop because they run out of gas because Fat Amy was, in fact, distracted by getting shot by this burrito that she didn't fill up yep. the tank. And they have no choice but to call the troublemakers and ask them for a ride. And Fat Amy does have Bumper's number. So. <laughs> Anna Camp is like, like, why do you why? have that? And yeah. she's like, uh. <laughs> it's so good. So the troubles come and pick them up. The Bellas um, have to travel back with them. And Bumper insults Fat Amy. She's, like, insulting him back. And also, like, the inside of their thing is, like, full decked out. There's, like, chairs and benches, mm-hmm. like, versus theirs. There's, like, a like, hanging a chair. It's, like, a party bus. Yeah. It's a full, it's a full party bus. Um, yeah, the hanging chair is also very funny to see, like, in a moving vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> Illegal. Um, so Donald is driving the bus. Also, all the students apparently have bus license so dro- yeah. donald driving the bus lily leading into him and they're like beatboxing and like flirting just like everyone in this movie has to be in a relationship mm-hmm. if you're if you're a bella you have to be with a trouble yeah <laughs> 
then the footnotes are on stage singing, my baby's got a best friend. Da, 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 da. It's so good. That's all right. He's so good. I love this song. This is also one of my favorites. Really yeah. talented. Really, really talented. Um, oh my God. His name is Timothy. I didn't even know that. Timothy is crushing it as the vocal, as the, sorry, the footnotes front man singing all the high notes and Gail and John are talking about how like it sounds like his uh, boys haven't dropped yet right. also hinting and Bellas are freaking the fuck out because they're like there's no way we can beat both the footnotes and the troublemakers like I think Stacy or like a- a- Fat Amy either one of them says like where did this guy even come from like mm-hmm. everyone is like this man came out of nowhere yeah, but right. he is here at the semifinals mm-hmm. So the Bellas are up and they take the stage. They sing the sign per use. But then Becca notices that everyone is so bored. So she begins mm-hmm. bulletproof to make like an impromptu mashup. But this throws off some of the girls and like Aubrey obviously gives her a death glare. And John and Gail talk about like this tension on stage, which it's clear that it's not planned. Yeah. So. That's not great. And then post-competition, Aubrey asks Becca what the hell she was doing out there. But Becca tells the group that she was just trying to make their performance more interesting. And Aubrey says that Becca isn't a Bella and calls her a pain in her ass and then accuses her of hooking up with Jesse. There's also – I forgot to say this. There's a moment where that Amy is also like – yeah, I mean, it was kind of, like, unplanned, like... Took us by surprise, yeah. Right. Yeah. But the thing is, like, if she had suggested it, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. So I don't know the solution here, but it it wasn't great. So... Yeah. Then, obviously, Jesse hears this and walks over, and he's like, we aren't hooking up, but Becca is so annoyed <sighs> that he is there, and she's just like, of course you're here. Like, I don't need your help. I don't need you. <sighs> And Benji tells the Troubles that they're up next because he's apparently stage managing this whole thing. Yeah. Truly. And, and I was like, are you stage managing everything? Like, I don't know. Right. <laughs> what are you doing there? Yeah. And um, Becca just dips. She leaves. But Chloe tries to tell Aubrey that the song was good. But she, like, runs off. And then Benji goes after Becca. Becca's already Audi 3000. Mm-hmm. But... Benji sees Timothy leaving with his mom, who has a tote bag that's like, I'm a proud mom of whatever high school. Yeah, it's like, my son is an honor student at JFK High School. I'm like, this right. is the most exposition-y exposition I've ever so seen in exposition world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I also was kind of wondering, like, why Benji chases after Becca. Okay, so, like, yeah, I think it's just because, like, she hangs out with – uh jesse so much right. that like because they're roommates like they've just like become friends and so he was probably just like no becca like i want to like make this better like he probably sees that like jesse and her are like having a tiff like right. that's always what i kind of assumed but like would i have done that for like one of my roommates like on again off again crushes like no i'd be like yeah. get the fuck out of my house you're here all the time <laughs> So we then have a little spring break montage. The Bellas do not advance to the finals. Becca is alone on campus during spring break. She goes into the radio station, does her night shift. We see Jesse at home for spring break. He's looking a little sad, a little despondent, obviously thinking about Becca. 
And in the radio station, Becca actually finds like a CD, the soundtrack of um, The Breakfast Club. So she does decide to watch it start to finish and she cries at the end. Yeah. Wow. She has a feeling. She has an she emotion. Has a heart. She has emotions. <laughs> she has a heart. <sighs> and then, meanwhile, um, so in like the cutscene, Benji brings like paperwork to gail's office and it's just like a like five second scene where like he hands her the paperwork presumably about like this person being in high school and then the next scene is like gail and john going to the house but in like the final cut gail and john go to timothy's house on behalf and they're like on behalf of the collegiate acapella society they're like it's come to our attention that someone that you are not in high school are not in college yeah. <laughs> um so they get booted. Some fantastic extra work from him and his parents, which literally never utter one single word. Mm-hmm, right. Um, and then, then they would have to be paid more. Because then exactly. they would have to be paid. And I don't know how it works with like the singing, but like I'm just assuming he's not actually singing and like lip syncing or something. Like I don't Very know. Very likely, yeah. But like, yeah, fantastic, fantastic extra work. Um, so then Aubrey's in the gym doing one of those like ridiculous like leg lifting in the air butt <laughs> workouts that like Pilates I feel like, or something yeah yeah something and like she gets the call that they've made it into finals and she like does an extra <laughs> lift in her leg because she's so excited yes. so she texts yeah <laughs> she texts chloe who is in the hospital clearly and like can't talk um and then uh yeah she texts chloe and then she fat amy gets a call and she's like literally like living out her best life in like a pool with all these like hot uh, men yeah. like could be Tasmania. Like, I don't think it's in. Could Louisiana be Florida. She's somewhere sunny. Yeah, it could be anywhere. <laughs> She's like on vacation with like all these hot men surrounding her. Um, Lily was beatboxing when she gets the word. Cynthia's gambling and she's like, I'm all in, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Becca gets a text too, but not from Aubrey. Mm-hmm. So the Bellas get together and Chloe tells Aubrey that she also invited Becca. Aubrey is pissed, but Chloe tells her that she makes them better. And Aubrey's like, that's not an opinion for you to have. Brutal. And she's like, um, is it because it's not your opinion? Yeah, it's so easy to forget that Chloe and Aubrey are supposed to be like co-chairs. Yeah. Like they're both supposed to be in charge, but obviously Aubrey just kind of walks all over Chloe. Yeah, yeah. So – Becca does go to Jesse's dorm. She knocks on the door trying to apologize for their fight, but he tells her that that's not the issue. Like, the fight isn't the issue. It's the fact that she pushes away anyone who could possibly care about her and asks why. Also fair. Yeah. And Becca says she doesn't know, and he tells her to figure it out because he's done with whatever this is. And I'm like, Obviously, it's your parents' divorce. That's what it is. It is. If For I had sure. to pick something, yeah. it probably has to be your parents' divorce. Yeah. Um, brutal. And this is, like, also a terrible apology. And, like, you just feel for him. Like, you feel it in his, like, like voice and everything. So, ugh, just brutal. So, the Bellas are trying to rehearse. Chloe has this horrible, deep, scratchy... Excuse me. <laughs> I almost just choked on my own spit. Oh my god! <laughs> so Chloe has this deep, scratchy voice. Um, Stacy is behind a choreo, and my favorite line in this scene: Jessica and Ashley. It's like you haven't been here all year. They're like, we've literally been here the whole right, time. Right. Yeah. Like, I just love how they know. They just know what they are. Like the movie knows what it is. They know that we don't know that Jessica and Ashley even have names, right. and they're calling them out. 
uh, Chloe suggests that Audrey loosens the reins a bit. And Aubrey is like, Chloe, get your head out of your ass. It's not a hat. <laughs> That's a good line. It's a very good one. Yeah. <laughs> so duh, duh, duh. Becca finally has a moment of reckoning and decides to visit her dad. And she talks to him about how she really actually liked being on the Bellas. And he's like, well, it's a weird thing to quit if you really liked it. <laughs> but Becca's like, oh, you're one to talk, like hearkening to um, his messy divorce. And he's like, you know, I tried to talk to you, but you completely shut me out. And Becca finally admits that for her, it's just easier that way. And her dad is like, well, it's also extremely lonely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we then cut over to the Treblemakers Clubhouse. <laughs> it looks insane. <laughs> yeah, right. it's like I think it's like a frat house that they live in because, like, in number two, like the Bella girls live inside a sort of like frat, like sorority type house. But yeah, <laughs> it's absurd. That yeah. house is absurd. So he comes in and he's like, "All right, bitches, I'm leaving for LA because I got hired to sing backup on John Mayer's album." Like a fucking course, it's John Mayer. Of course, yeah. it is. So they're of like, "But is. what about the ICCAs?" And he's like, "Yeah, I've won that shit like a hundred times. I don't really care. I'm out of yeah. here. Peace out. See you never." So Which, like, can't get. Can't blame him for getting his bag. Right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely if the not. opportunity comes a knocking, you got to do it. So he pieces out of there and the troublemakers need a replacement member. And Jesse asks Benji on the one condition that he doesn't get weird about it. <laughs> He's like, what do you mean? Got it. After like the bird like lands on the yeah. shoulder. What do you mean bird lands on the <laughs> yeah. shoulder? Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Um, so good. It's just so it's so funny. That whole scene is weird because it's like they're watching like a weird porno, but also they're in a hot tub. Like it's very it's very odd. Just guys um, being dudes, dudes being bros. Guys being dudes. Yeah. Apparently, uh I think I might have read this, but I might be like misremembering, but like that like fake porno where like there's just two girls like dusting a lamp. Um, I think Elizabeth Banks like either directed it or like put it together or like it was her idea like mm. she had oh, some so hand in that yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so then we cut back to the bellas and fat amy tries to break up a fight between chloe and aubrey and she tells aubrey that she doesn't want to be like the old bellas and cynthia rose agrees she's like we want to be like how we are now the girls will start to pack up and then aubrey takes this as everyone's saying that like it's her fault and Chloe's like, you're just being too controlling, which I mean, yeah. you are, Aubrey. Like, yeah. you know what you are. So then Aubrey tells her, she's like, I can let go. I don't, she's like, I'm not going to choke it back and vomits the most disgusting Ugh. vomit all over the auditorium floor. Um, so then the girls all scream. They're literally cowering in fear. And Chloe's like, you can do better than that. And like, eggs her on to like, keep like puking Come and then on, Chloe's like you could do better than that you could do better than that yeah and then Chloe's like we could have been champions and like lunges at her to grab the pitch pipe and then they get into this huge fight and Lily falls on the ground and starts doing snow angels in the queue that was <laughs> so too much bad. for me yeah, yeah I'm literally gagging I hate it <laughs> I hate this scene so much yeah the puking is too much but 
Becca comes in and asks what's going on, and Aubrey is like, nothing. This is a Bella's rehearsal. So she apologizes to the Bellas for changing the song and leaving and letting them down and genuinely asks Aubrey to let her back into the group. And Aubrey stays silent. She doesn't say anything to Becca. So as a throwback to Mary Elise having to like drag her chair out of the auditorium, she grabs a chair and like drags it slowly to the exit. But luckily, Aubrey stops her and she's like, okay, that would have been embarrassing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she's like, I know I've been hard on you, but like I am my father's daughter. And he always said, if at first you don't succeed, pack your bags. Pack your bags. (laughs) And Fat Amy's just like, Jesus. Right. (laughs) And Becca's like, you know, I get it. Like my dad's hard on me too, but. Not like that. Not like that. (laughs) But she's like, I guess we don't know a lot about each other. And Stacy's like, I have something to confess. I have a lot of sex. And (laughs) that Amy's like, yeah, we all knew that. And she's like, only because I told you just now. (laughs) And Becca's like, no, no, this is good. Like, that was a bad example. But like, let's go around the room and just say something that no one else knows about us. And Cynthia Rose is up to go, and Fat Amy just like, okay, let's be honest. Let's be honest. <laughs> and um, that was a really quoted line yeah. in high school. And she goes, I've had a serious gambling problem the past two years. It started when I broke up with my girlfriend and she's like, oop, there it is. Oop, there it is. <laughs> and we just see this other girl. And then the girl next to her. Yes. Yeah. Like, she was like, I still love you. I still love you. Yeah. And I'm like, is that her ex? Is yes. that the ex? That's crazy. That's implied. It's like the ex. It's like the, uh, the only other girl that has gotten like nothing to say this whole time. And it's just like, right. oh, critical to the plot. <laughs> and Lily's like, I hate my twin in the womb. <laughs> and... <laughs> Fat Amy is like, I'm an open book. You know, I, I for me, if I'm not honest, I'm not really living. But my real name is Fat Patricia. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And Becca saying the most earnest thing in this room is like, I've never had a lot of girlfriends, but now I do. And that's pretty cool. I'm like, okay, way to dig deep. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. And she's so like... I'm not like the other girls. I've never had a lot of girlfriends. And it's like, I grew up with like playing sports. Like I had a lot of like male friends too, but also like I wasn't a complete psycho around women. (laughs) Right. Right. (sighs) And then Chloe goes and admits that she got her nodes removed during break and she can't sing above a G sharp maybe ever. And she's like, I thought the season was over. So Aubrey stands up and she's like, Becca, what should we do? So they decide to leave this vomit-filled room and go rehearse elsewhere. They yeah. throw the pitch pipe in the fucking vomit. Yeah. And I'm like, it's... once again, stop showing me the fucking vomit. I don't want to <laughs> see it. It's not funny. It's just gross. It's gross, yeah. So they go to work on their set and 
Becca asks Aubrey to pick a song for them to start, and she suggests Just the Way You Are by Bruno Mars. <gasps> a man. Oh my goodness. Whoa. So Chloe takes the lead and they start singing it, and it kind of turns into a bit of a mashup where Becca is singing yeah. and Nelly's just a dream. Think about me. Yeah. It was only just a dream. That was a big yeah. one, too. Mm-hmm. I think that was my ringtone. Oh, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so they all sound really good. They're, like, meshing together. And it's just a whole new whole new Bellas. And the end, they put their hands in to do the synchronized awe. But Chloe does, like, an insanely low awe. <laughs> I wish I could She's do like, it. She's like, <laughs> You're welcome for that. We all tried that. (laughs) So they're like, oh, my God, Chloe, with your messed up vocal cords, you can finally hit those low notes. And then Lily walks into the center of the circle and says, I think I have something that can help at a normal volume that everyone can hear. And Fat Amy goes, you don't need to shout, bitch. (laughs) Just shout. So good. So good. It's so good. It's like they're finally doing something together and like all of these songs kind of end up getting like incorporated, which we'll talk about in the finals. So we get to the 2012 ICCA finals (gasps) and we open up with the the final countdown. (laughs) So good. Um, Gail and John are talking about all the hopefuls performing. You get to see the most absurd 2012 outfits possibly mm-hmm. human imaginable. Those purple dresses haunt my nightmare. It's Very show choir esque. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Where like the men are wearing like ombre purple shirts, and you're like, who made a lot these of bow ties <laughs> going on? Yeah, so yeah. many bow ties. You get to see like I don't know, like a maybe six different groups all wearing different like outfits and stuff. And they're like slow motion acapella-ing yeah. <laughs> as like John and Gail are talking over them. They're talking about how performing here is every acapella singer's dream, which mm. is fair. I remember this was like a thing because there were some acapella groups at NYU that went to the ICCAs. And I think oh, it's the real. Enhar- yeah, the Enharmonics oh, I no won, I'm pretty sure, one Uh-oh. year. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, if they had one at like my university, I very much didn't know anything about it. We had a Quidditch team that was like the best in like Ontario. Oh, there you go. <laughs> go Carlton, <laughs> but no Acapella. I did um, see, this is so irrelevant, but I saw like a TikTok that was like, oh, if you're trying to figure out if you are millennial or Gen Z, if you were in college and your college had a Quidditch team, then you're a millennial. Oh, no. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. We hosted the like National Cup at Carlton one year. There was so many. Actually, Shout out to my friend Ariel if she ever listens to this podcast. But like she got like an almost like brain altering injury oh at God. Quidditch tryout at her university. Oh my God. I can't remember which one she went to, but like yeah, she was like in the hospital, like Jeez. practically like coma from like getting hit with a broom to the head. <gasps> Anyways, it's dangerous. That's scary. Sorry, I didn't mean to go on a tangent. We're literally like <laughs> at finals, and I'm like, let me share about my life. Um, okay. So we're at the finals. The trebles are getting ready to perform, and Becca goes up and Ask and wishes Jesse a good luck. Mm-hmm. They have like a look, and the trebles come out and they start with dun dun ow. Oh. Dun dun. <laughs> this is where Jesse shines. Like yeah. him in this so moment good. is so good. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. They're singing um 
bright lights, bigger city. Um, it's just <laughs> he's like bright lights in the big city. Like yeah. he's so good. Like with his little like fingers, he's like, um, I've been living for the weekend, but no, right. not anymore. Yeah. Like he's so he's I don't, just I, I, electrified on stage. Absolutely, mm-hmm. the only freshman ever to get a solo like that at the ICCA. Oh. <laughs> not possible like nobody else that would not be anybody else so they sing his part his part is incredible show-stopping amazing and then benji comes out with i've I've got got the magic (laughs) and when he says like the girls come snapping at me now everybody wants that presto magic and then the guy from uh what's his face from the mindy project the brother from the Mindy Project. He has Donald. Like, Donald. He has like the verse where it's like, "How about you with the eyes?" And I'm like, "Yes, Donald, <laughs> you can get it. Jesse can get it. The weird guy with the face that does the ow ow, he can get it." <laughs> the trebles are just <laughs> hot as shit in town. What can you do? True. It's so, it's so so good. Like literally gives me chills. And like sometimes, like I don't know. Like I get why the outcome is the outcome but like i love this song oh, the trouble yeah. makers like, are better i'll be honest <laughs> yeah like the singing is better and like i made my mom watch this for the first time i don't know like five years ago or something and she was just like okay but like the troubles deserve to win and i was just like okay well i'm not gonna spoil the end <laughs> in my opinion like, the bella's performance is too chaotic it's too many songs it's not there's tight. so many songs. Yeah. I mean, we'll get yeah. to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. So then the Bellas all get together. Um, fat Amy is like, although you guys are pretty thin, I think you all have fat hearts, which is Aww. so iconic and beautiful. So the Bellas get announced um, up on stage. They um, comment on their new look. They're like, okay, things are looking yeah. different. What is going on? They start by singing Price Tag by Jesse J. The group the group goes into a dynamic performance full of energy. Sorry, I don't know why. No. I, I'm like... <laughs> I was like... It's not how I would describe this, but I love that that's how you've described it. Well, they were like so stiff before. I was like, they're dynamic. <laughs> dynamic. Yeah. Um, I was like... I had to write a paper about plays when I was in college. <laughs> Levels, juxtaposition. So good. Yeah. The so contrast. Yeah, yeah. The contrast between the juxtaposition. It's so true. Because, like, they start off, like, kind of traditional. Like, they're, like, doing, like, more traditional moves. And then, like, they transition into, like, banger after banger. Like, all the songs are mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. Like, about the money. It's not about the money. Like yeah. they do everything so good, and like they mix in all of the songs that like they've been hinting at, or like they had moments of like throughout the whole yeah, movie, yeah. like the party in the USA, and like mm-hmm. the Bruno Mars song, and then obviously Becca puts in. Then you just hear hey 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 hey, and then that's when I fucking lose it every time because mm-hmm. like, you see her face. You see Jesse's face. Yeah. You keep cutting back from like face to face to face to face. Yeah. And like Jesse has no fucking lines, but he is giving it his all mm. in his little like eye movements, nods. Uh, like he's like, I love the tension between them. Yeah. It's so And when he good. puts his and fists then, in the air, I'm like, right. Let's fucking go. It's so good. I know. So then 
she's singing it. She's looking at Jesse while she's singing it. They're going through all of the different songs. Grab somebody, sexy, tell them, hey. hey. Like, Stacy does her, like, ugly little, like, ballet spin dance mm-hmm. from the beginning. Like, all of their little quirks are, like, incorporated into, like, the choreography. When you've seen the movie a thousand times, you're like, oh, yeah, that's all the stupid little things. <laughs> um and then Fat Amy comes out with a excuse me, which is all it was like the little like penis gun hand that she like does, which I feel like was of like the guys I know that like loved this. Like that is the part that they like imitated the most was like the excuse I bet. me part. Anything yeah, phallic. It was very there, of course, it was very phallic. I'd like one of my shout out to Paige if you're listening. Um her ex would do that all the time. And I was like, why is this the part that you remember from the movie? Um penis joke embedded in my brain yeah yay penis jokes um they go in oh they go into give me everything by pitbull love a good pitbull and chloe gets to sing all the low notes yeah which is also perfect like gets the full (laughs) and like the way she's like mouthing it i'm like i don't know if you're singing this note definitely not i'm like Brittany snow is an amazing singer i don't think she has that range though right she's like her face is so yeah and then the crowd erupts in applause. It's iconic. They like finish off in like, da, 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 da. and then Becky goes into the audience and kisses Jesse, and she says to him like, "You're such a weirdo," which always mm-hmm. bothered me. But yeah, because I'm like, "Why are you ruining this moment?" But he's like, like, "See, the ending's the best part," and she's like, "You're such a weirdo," and I'm like, "You shouldn't have said a damn thing. You shouldn't have said <laughs> it." I hate that she up. says that. I hate I've always hated that she said that mm-hmm. but when I rewatched all of the like deleted scenes yesterday I was like oh like the first thing she says to him like she calls him a weirdo that's like the first thing one of the first things she mm-hmm. says to him so I'm like I get that it's like a callback but like you cut the fucking scene so like why did you right. not right. do a take where she doesn't say you're such a weirdo because like it cut it's like the last thing that like almost she says in the movie yeah. the last time you see Jesse like say anything in the movie so mm-hmm. but it's such a good it's such a good song mm-hmm. I love this song I love this song. Yeah. My favorite part is definitely like the Simple Minds moment. I think that Anna Kendrick sounds like really great singing that song. Yeah. I and agree. I really like the breakdown where they're like leaning on each other and she's like, as you walk on by, will you yeah. come yes. my name? Like she sounds yes. so good. That's yes. probably my favorite part of the whole sequence. As you call my name. Yeah. That part's really, mm-hmm. really good. Um, ugh, it's just so, fu- it's just such a good song. And like, I think that if I didn't care as much about Jesse and like them playing like the Breakfast Club song in it, like it wouldn't hit as yeah. hard as it does. It but, hit like, pretty well. It was yeah. good. Yeah. It was a really good addition. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then we, after the kiss, fast forward six months later, Tommy is back to MC the acapella auditions and says that as the reigning champs, the Bellas get to pick oh, the audition song. Hello. We see their gigantic trophy. And Becca is about to announce the song. Cut to credits. We came to smash. Smash is another one of those like bad mix songs. <laughs> and at so, least in the US Netflix version, we get a little blooper scene where Chloe's yes. like, I have nodes. And Fat Amy's like, oh, Chloe, it's just God punishing you because you're a ginger. <laughs> yes, the like casual mid credit ginger insults. <laughs> the, end. So <laughs> the end. The end. As like, we've recorded, my hair has gotten like so frizzy. I'm just like, <laughs> the humidity. Yeah, I'm like sweating. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. 
Yeah, I definitely I definitely liked it a lot more because I haven't seen this movie in years. I used to watch it like I watched it quite a few times because my mom really loved it. So like we would watch okay. it at home. But I was just I think it's like the the fandom surrounding the movie and the pandemonium that really like soured it for me where I was just like, I can't stand this. I can't stand the acapuns. Like it's just too much for me. Mm-hmm. But I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to on this rewatch. Yay, I'm so yeah. glad. I'm so glad that you liked it. Did you like it too, Mo? I did. I mean, it's not my favorite yeah. movie, but it <laughs> was fair. good. I like I think I also just like don't really like Anna Kendrick's performances. I feel like she is really put on a lot of the yeah. time when she's acting, but I did like the Jesse storyline. I yeah. thought Jesse really shone for me in the movie. Like his singing was so good and yeah. his like chemistry with um Becca and like his even just him sitting in the audience in this final scene just like so into like reacting and like just being so charming the entire time mm-hmm. um and I also did like the songs like it was definitely a sing-along movie the songs like have like fairly held like held up pretty well like all the songs are popular yeah. enough songs where it's like i still know all the words to them like yeah. they're very like of 2012 <laughs> mm-hmm. i do think there are a lot of moments where i'm like why was this in the movie versus like even just the little things you told me were cut like the thing with the usbs that are piled up or like why is luke even there because he doesn't end up being like a love interest or having any significant yeah. role in like um Becca's pursuing like of her dreams like it just seems so random and also like the caricaturization of some of the characters in the movie is so OD it's just very like 2012 in that way yeah yeah like their representation i mean like they literally call like their only non-skinny person fat amy it's right. so brutal like they do not they're like oh great anything for the joke like we don't care if it's pc or not like that's what the shtick is in mm-hmm. 2012 mm-hmm. i guess um but and like as we talked about like the characterization of like cynthia rose being like a straight up predator because she's closeted right. or like not fully out with how she wants to portray herself to like the group yeah is absurd it's absolutely absurd yeah like we didn't even talk about it but in that fight scene when like she's throwing up all over the place like cynthia rose is trying to like grab stacy and it's like super uncomfortable that did not need to be included whatsoever it's just like a super negative characterization as like a lesbian woman as a predator which is so fucked up and there's also just on the not the less offensive side of it, so many things about this movie that are just so incredibly dated in 2012 humor that it's yeah. sometimes grating to watch now that we're, you know, a decade past <laughs> it's that. It's displeasing to the eye, John. It is. It's displeasing to the eyes and the ears every time Anna Kendrick says, I love you, awesome nerds. I'm just like, oh, God. I, oh, that's so <laughs> queer balls of me. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's very much like raw XD, so random core. Mustache with the chucks on and the Mm. red lipstick. But, you know, (laughs) unfortunately, things are going to end up being dated. It's just the nature of time. Right. But there's a lot of it in this movie that I think, especially because we were a part of that culture at the time, that it's just, Mm -hmm. like, hard to watch. I think, too, like, 
the movie House Bunny, like the House Bunny, mm-hmm. is a similar like girl group who transforms. And I just like that so much better. Maybe because it doesn't surround such a like <laughs> niche topic. <laughs> niche, yeah, it's so niche. Um, but in that movie, we also get more evolution, at least with why can't at least with Emma Stone's character, we see her like yeah. grow and change yeah. and stuff. And we we see Becca change a bit, like she becomes more open, but we don't really see like a lot of dynamic changes with the with the yeah. actors. She gets everything she wants and she like barely changes. She just mm-hmm. is like, yeah. I'm gonna write this song this like montage song into the song and now jesse's gonna forgive me and now all of a sudden i want jesse you're like yeah. where did we get how did we get here I'm but like, like you yelled at him pretty bad <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like i don't like how do i know how i got here mm-hmm. but like i don't know how she specifically yeah right, 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 right i find also becca just like not a very fun character to follow like i don't no i don't right. find her particularly interesting no mm. she's kind of she is a little bit like she's angsty like to like on purpose mm. like a fault but like i think she's just supposed to be like us looking in like everybody is so over the top right. like campy. she's supposed to be more of a straight and man yeah she's supposed to be like the straight man but like they also had to like give her a reason why she had to be like ostracized from everybody mm-hmm. so they're like let's make her an alt girl yeah. that'll ostracize right. her from the group yeah and just make her like yeah. kind of rude <laughs> yeah exactly give I her really some liked, eyeliner um sorry i didn't mean to cut you off there no it's okay go ahead i really liked britney snow's character yeah. i thought chloe really carried a lot she was like funny but also not so outlandish like we know fat amy is like a really like a true caricature but yeah chloe had funny moments and dynamic moments and like earnest used moments as well so much in this <laughs> pod. but yeah really earnest moments and like goes from being like oh the bells have to be this certain way to like actually like let's free flow and i would have loved to see her more in the movie mm-hmm. yeah and like i feel like they definitely don't utilize her as much in like two and three. Like mm-hmm. they kind of make her a little bit of like a joke in two. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't want to like move on. So she's like still in college, like four years later. And like, I do like, like, I think if we didn't have a Brittany snow character, that character in this, like the connection between like Becca and like the other new girls to like Aubrey would have been like so lost. Like, yeah, right. I think you're right. I think she does do so much heavy lifting for like the group dynamics. Yeah. And Brittany Snow has really great comedic chops. I don't think she necessarily gets her, like, flowers yeah. for that. But she's very funny. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, she's very, very funny. Mm-hmm. But loved this, loved this movie. Yeah. This movie is so iconic. It's so good. I'm so <laughs> glad that I got a chance to, like, revisit it with you guys. Yeah, well, we're so, so glad that we got to got to have you on, <laughs> give us some fun facts, and, and bring the love for the movie. <laughs> and we, we did enjoy it a lot more. Yeah, than we than we have previously. So I think a win for I'm all. Glad. Yes. Should we rate it before we? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a hundred out of five because <laughs> that's what it deserves. <laughs> oh my gosh! I think if you had asked me before this recording, like before the rewatch and everything, I would have been like, I don't know, like a like a four or five out of ten. But Boo. I think I'm gonna give it like. A seven. 
Yay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say like 6.5 or 7. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's higher than I thought that you guys would come in. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I obviously going to give this a 10 out of 10, but the but I could see your perspective and if I'm tr- like ranking it against other movies that I would consider like my favorite movies, mm-hmm. I would probably still put it like an 8 and a half or something yeah. if I was trying to be yeah. less <laughs> But like mm-hmm. anything that I consider, anything I've watched more than like twenty times, I'm like you get it, you get yeah. a full ten. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, and I can yeah. see why it's a lot of people. Like a lot of people really like this movie, and why it's a lot of people's like comfort yeah. watch and stuff. I totally understand the appeal. It just doesn't yeah. like quite hit that way for me. But I can I can understand it and see it for sure. <sighs> yeah, I think it was just like that year that it came out, or like I guess when like it got popularized, mm-hmm. like the quotes that came from it I feel like are so nostalgic for me like like I said like when I was taking notes I literally wrote down like every single line I'm like this line is iconic this yeah. line is iconic and I'm like are these iconic or is like this just like what I remember <laughs> yeah and I do <laughs> think good. um so there's a new movie coming out I think it's coming out this year called theater camp I'm pretty sure yes. which is also starring yeah. Ben Platt that's gonna which, be too yeah. much for me I feel like that's gonna yeah. be my pitch perfect so. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I yeah. am excited to see it. You know what? I actually somebody I know, I think got like a early something mm. or like the there's like early or something. Reviews oh, or something. Cool. Yeah, and like people are saying good things about it. So optimistic. Yeah, yeah, and like yeah. I love Ida Berry, so I'm excited to see her. Yeah, so. went to college mm-hmm. with her. Like didn't know her personally. Yeah. But- Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this yes. episode. Can you tell the listeners where to find you and where to follow you? I mean, you can find me everywhere at The Film Tripper. Uh, like Mo and Christina said at the top, I do a lot of filming locations. I love Y2K movies. This is like all totally my jam. Um, yeah, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at The Film Tripper. Um, or I guess if you know me in my real life, you can find me at my desk job. (laughs) 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 And if you want to follow us on social media, you can always find us on Instagram at movies that raised us. You can find us on Twitter at MTRU underscore pod. Yes. You can find us on TikTok at movies that raised us pod, or you can always send us a good old fashioned email at movies that raised us at gmail.com. Don't forget out now today on Patreon is our Bend It Like Beckham episode. So if you're interested, yeah. it's Movies That Raised Us on Patreon. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina. And our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.